do whatever it is you set out to do. And one of the things that I really wanted to do was I'm I'm going to work for, for Ninja Turtles, even if it's just one thing, bucket list, I, I want to do it. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, did you do that? And welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your host, Rob, and join with me, as always, well, almost always now, it's great. Are my two main men? I was gonna say my main man, but there's actually two of you: Josh, Josh, uh, Jay Weezy, and Josh Atello. You just forgot my last name. <laughs> He's like Josh. Um, uh, you know uh, Smith. Uh, what? <laughs> you guys got like well, you, you get you got your alter ego, Big Data. Your Jay Weezy, yeah. and then Josh O'Rourke is work steady, and it's it's hard to keep it all straight. Hi everyone. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's it's been a bit of a morning, people. We're going through some technical difficulties, oh, but we're here. We are that's here. What matters. Yes. Uh, whether you want us to be or not, we're here. Not even Skype can stop us. I'll tell you what. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, poor Rorksteady. He's he's sick today. Uh, he's not feeling so good. So bless your heart, man. You're dedicated. I am, and this is just really helping my resolve here. Just all of this tech jargon and computers <laughs> that thousand dollar laptops that don't want to work. Just, <laughs> you know, it's just how. How do we come to a point in technology where now the technology is so advanced that it's figured out how to annoy us? You know, <laughs> like, well, I don't want to do that today. Become self-aware. Yeah. Instead of that processor, a learning computer. I need a vacation. <laughs> All right, so uh, so today um, we have a jam-packed episode. So today we're going to be having uh, BJ Hahn on our show, a friend of the show, an up-and-coming commission artist, and uh, I, I dare say I think she will, I'm calling it, I think she will one day draw official Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics. Uh, I, I think she's that gifted. Uh, yeah. Just a great, great person. We're going to be talking to her in a little bit. And we're also returning to the modern era of the Ninja Turtles. So we're going to be covering Universe Issue 7 and 8 and IDW Issue 67. So great stuff, too. Those issues are phenomenal. But to start it all out, guys, let's start with a little Ninja Turtle history. So on this day... Uh, way back in the March of 1991, the TMNT Secret of the Ooze film debuted, which I did not oh, know. Wow. Yeah, I just oh, have, that is awesome. That's a, that's a big one. That's a big one. So did, I got to ask you guys. So 91, did you guys uh, did you guys see this in theaters? In theaters. Did right. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was there ever any doubt? I saw this in theater. I still remember how many times my father rolled his eyes at the screen. like 37 times. <laughs> But then Vanilla Ice came out, and he was totally into it. Yeah. <laughs> he got up and said, done, and walked out. You know? <laughs> it's the green machine, going to rock the town without being seen. Have you ever seen a turtle get down? <laughs> Slam and jump with a new swing sound. Oh, he's back. Big Sorry, data I coming up. Big data in the house. <laughs> yep, in the Yo, sewer. Oh, 
That's right. <laughs> so I couldn't it's resist. So, it's so funny. Like I actually watched Secret of the Ooze a couple of days ago, and me and Nicole watched it, and like that's Nicole's favorite Turtles movie. Now, why is, why is that her favorite? I gotta know. I think it's because that's the first one she ever saw. She mm. saw that one before the original one. Ah, I got you. And she just really loves just how ridiculous it is. So. <laughs> you know, I actually didn't see it in, in theaters for... I don't know why. I saw the first one and I saw the third one. But for some reason, for whatever circumstances, I never saw the second one in theaters. I remember when it came out, though. I remember all the previews. And I remember when it came out on VHS, um, I think Pizza Hut was doing something with it. And my neighbor had had gotten it. And I remember borrowing it from him, and we actually all had pizza at my, my dad's house, and we watched the, the second film, and me, for the first time, seeing it. And I remember liking it a lot, and, and it's funny because later on in high school, there was a huge debate going on at uh, our lunch table one day of which was the better film, the first one or the second one. And I was in the minority when I said the first one. But now I think overall, I think yeah. most, most people would agree that the first one was the best of all the live action. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the best movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The second one, it's I can see the second one catering more to kids cuz there's a lot more comedy in it and it's a lot more I, I feel like there's a lot more slapstick in it and it's not as uh serious and oh, it's yeah. just kind of lighthearted and you're like laughing the whole time. So I could see like why some people might like that better, but cuz it kind of more matches the cartoon which most people knew. Yeah. Uh just with the lighthearted feeling, so that's I'm guessing that's why at the time a lot of people liked the second one better. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's got its own charm, you know. It, it definitely does, and I, I like it. I like it all right, and I, I really like, um, you know, I don't hate the third one. I don't hate it, but where would you, I'm just curious, where would you rank the film's personal favorite? So, oh, okay. I can I can do this right now. Oh, go I've, ahead. I've already, yeah, I've done this a couple of times. Number one is the 1990 original Ninja Turtles film. Then number two is TMNT, the 2007 film. Number three is probably uh, TMNT Out of the Shadows, which came out last year. Uh, number four would have to be Ninja Turtles, the 2014 one. And then the last one would probably be Turtles in Time, the third one. Wow, uh, wow. Wow. Uh, number three and a half, if you really want to get technical, would be Turtles in Time, or Turtles Forever. Turtles Forever, I was, yeah, yeah. I, I, Even I though that's not, that. a theatrically, that's not a theatrically released film, that's, that's still a, a feature-length movie. So my list is a little, uh, definitely similar. I definitely the number one film is is uh, the first one, and I, I'd have to say my least favorite. Uh, oh, it might have to be the, the yeah the third live action. It's it's close. It's, it's either between the third live action film or the 2014 TMNT film. The reboot. And honestly, I don't hate I don't hate either of them. They're just my least favorite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I mean, like, for the, the longest time, the 2014 Turtles film was my third in line, but Out of the Shadows was just so much it was better. better film. I thought so. It, they just, it took everything that was great about that reboot film and just pumped it up to 11. Bebop and Rocksteady, they stole the show, man. They totally did, yeah. <laughs> and I really, I always kind of defend Secret of the Use a lot because everybody gives that movie a bunch of crap because it's like, why is there Toka and Razor? That was supposed to be Bebop and Rocksteady. And the thing of it was, was Toka and Razor were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird because they didn't want to uh, pay playmates for the rights to use Bebop and Rocksteady in the movie. It was originally supposed to be Bebop and Rocksteady and Secret of the Used, but they found out that they would have to pay extra for them, and they were just like, well, let's create two new characters and get a couple more toys out there. Huh. So, you know. 
That's legit. I mean, I understand that because yeah. it's just crazy to have to pay all that extra money. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, it, it was pretty cool because be, uh, uh, Toka and Razor were on were in the cartoon as well. Not too long after that movie came out. Really? Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, they were in the '88 uh, uh, animated series. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I'd say for me, definitely the first movie is number one. For the second spot, that's kind of tough. I really do love Turtles 2, even though it's it's goofy. I love that movie. That one was on TV a lot more when I was growing up, so I saw that one so many more times. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just a big uh, I'm a big fan of Combat Cold Cut! <laughs> <laughs> but I'd probably go with the first movie first, um, and then... Probably the 2007 TMNT movie. Yeah. I've only seen that one a couple of times, but I really liked it. Uh, then I would probably go Out of the Shadows, and then, yeah, then probably the other... What, what was the first remake called? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Was it? Okay, yeah, then the that one. one. Yeah. yeah, and then probably two, and then three. And I've not seen Turtles Forever yet, so I can't rate that one. Ooh, but I'm oh, sure it's gosh. good. It's good. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is good. I stuff. think I'm. I might own it. I'm not sure. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I think I might have bought it before I moved, so it's probably buried somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of which, um, Josh and I were talking about maybe viewing this soon. You know, because Josh's birthday is coming up. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe we could view it for his first birthday. Secret of the use. Dude. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna, if we do that, I'm gonna try and get Nicole on too because she loves that movie. So sounds great. And yeah, that'd be, be awesome. It, it's really cool when Nicole's on the show because she just kind of con- waters down the whole geek-tastic <laughs> stuff that we do. <laughs> She's just gonna look at me like for half of the movie and be like, "Seriously, you're gonna be you're 34, <laughs> 34 going on six. <laughs> yeah, I got wow. that Benjamin Button disease. You know, I just go backwards. <laughs> One day instead of keeling over restfully in my sleep, I'm just gonna go poof. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about some of our turtle pickups. So, um, I guess I'll start it off. For me, I have not gotten a whole lot over the week, but the th- the few things I got, um, I'm really really pumped up for. I went to the comic store uh, right by my house uh, the other day, and I had this comic waiting for me. It's the uh, TMNT 100 project. Now, have you guys heard about this? Oh, yeah, I've heard it. Isn't that like all the variant covers for, uh, it's an art book with all the variant covers from issue 50? Yeah, yeah, it's like a charity they they, uh, do this project for. So I'll read the back real quick, but it says, Over 100 of comics' greatest artists provide their take on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All these stellar artists drew original covers for IDW's TMNT issue number 50, which were auctioned off to benefit the Hero Initiative, the charity that provides for older comic creators in medical or financial need. Now they're all collected here for the first and only time. Yeah, it's a really cool idea, and it's, it's a really cool, it's for a good cause, and uh, I've just kind of um, been browsing through it. It's beautiful. All right, some of these, some of these covers are amazing, and it tells you, you know, exactly who drew the covers and everything, and uh, so some of them are black and white. Like, I'm looking at one on page 33. It's got Raph and Casey Jones, and it's a bloody cover. Oh, my goodness. I think I see somebody's arm at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, chopped off. Wow. Holy cow. Jeez, it's dark. That's pretty intense. Yeah, Ken Garing drew this one. Oof, jeez, it's spooky. But uh, but yeah, it looks really really cool. So I got that. I think it was about fifteen bucks, and you know, obviously it's available now. I also got uh, TMNT Magazine issue number three. 
And what's cool about this is <laughs> it must have been somebody's subscription because <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Like it's – I got it and I open up the cardboard packaging of it and it says, Dear subscriber, we'd like to thank you for your loyal support of ALF Magazine. ALF Magazine, however, has ceased publication. And then it says uh, – it keeps on going on with um, Teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Magazine. But it's got the person's address here. All right? David Rodriguez. I'm not going to read his address on the show, but uh, – it's, I've got his mailing address here. Anyways, so he must have subscribed to this magazine, but great stuff in this magazine. I've not gotten to look through all of it yet, but there's an interview with uh, Eastman and Laird, and there's an awesome centerfold of Michelangelo. But what doesn't make sense is it's Michelangelo doing a handstand on a skateboard on the beach. Like in the, in That's the, awesome. And the skateboard's rolling. Like it's rolling in sand. I'm like, that would never happen in real life. <laughs> Neither <laughs> yeah, would a giant mutant like the- turtle. That seems like something Michelangelo would try to do, though. It's like, I bet I could jump that. You know? <laughs> Here, hold my beer. I'm going to go and do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's great. Yeah, hold my chucks. So, uh, man, great, great looking cover. I'll send you all a picture of it. But uh, I will review this in more detail next week for sure. And then the last thing that I'm really fired up about, I got this and the magazine the same day, is... Jim Lawson's been working on this Kickstarter project called the Box City Wallops, which is a, I want to say it's a six-part superhero story. And it's cool because he incorporated some characters from his previous stories from Dragonfly into this one, like Plaque and Plue and a couple of others. I just got the first two issues in print today, or yesterday, and boy, does it look awesome. So I will, I'll read these and I'll let you all know what I think, and maybe we can have Jim on again and hopefully no uh, glitches this time. But, uh, but yeah, and even when he wrote down my address, he called me Rob Luthor. So there you go. Luthor. Yeah, he spelled L-U-T-H-O-R. He does it every time. It's over, Luthor. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> That's my Superman right there. So I liked it. It was good. Uh, I've got a pretty, pretty exciting pickup in my hands right here. Nicole, for my birthday, she actually got me uh, Scratch the Cat, the action figure. Oh, awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's like I've got like the rarest Ninja Turtles figure. It's kind of scary holding it. So <laughs> I want to say how much, but I don't want to embarrass anybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to tell <laughs> because I just feel like the listeners every week more and more they're just like, "This dude's got a problem, man. This dude's got money. You just stop collecting action figures for a while. You need to like take a year and just focus on yourself." <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it's uh, this really cool figure that. As soon as I got it in my hand and set it next to a bunch of the uh, Ninja Turtle action figures, I just could not help but think how much it doesn't look like it belongs <laughs> in that Ninja Turtles line. Because it's, for those that don't know, Scratch the Cat is a action figure of a mutant cat who's got a prisoner, a uh, prison motif. He's got like the black and white uh, barred uh, coveralls and a black mask on with green eyes. And he just doesn't look like he goes with the Ninja Turtle figures, but, you know, it came with, you know, I didn't get it boxed, but I got his little portrait that came on the card. You know, it just, it just, it doesn't look like it fits with these guys, but you know it does. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. But it's a really cool figure. It's, it's really great looking. It's got the same points of articulation as that comes standard, the seven points of articulation that comes standard with the majority of the figures. It's very vibrant looking, even though it's just black, white, and brown. But it's very, the colors pop. Uh, It's a very cool looking figure. I'm so happy to have it. 
it's a figure I highly recommend getting if you can like save up all your money for a year and go for it. You know, <laughs> just I really like it. Now the uh, the old school collection is pretty much complete, and this is a figure I never thought I would have. And Nicole got it for my birthday. She said it came earlier than it was supposed to, so here you go. She wow. wanted me to have it. Um, but uh, it's a good yeah, woman, man. I got to get to work on displaying these things. So yeah, sounds like a perfect gift. I'm sorry. Oh, man, I'm sorry. That was terrible. I bet it's the cat's meow. Uh-huh. You two are a catastrophe. Oh! <laughs> oh, that was nice. That was good. Well played, sir. Oh, yeah. Thank, thank you. Well, that's pretty sweet. So I, I think you got something else, didn't you? Yeah, I got that. Uh, after I said I wasn't going to do it, I did it anyway. Uh, yeah. yep. <laughs> I bought that, that big Donatello, that 18-inch Donatello action figure that I have no idea where to put. <laughs> <You know? laughs> It's on my desk right now on my drawing table downstairs. Um, it certainly it looks absolutely beautiful and like it's got just such attention to detail. The big nineteen ninety it's based on the nineteen ninety film, uh, and even the box art looks exactly like the VHS jacket to the to the movie. Like um, I remember a lot of the old Ninja Turtle animated series that came on VHS had that FHE logo oh, yeah. Yeah, on the bottom and uh the NECA logo is actually in the same font and color as the FHE uh logo so oh, it's that's awesome a really cool bit of attention to detail that I really thought was awesome but I'm standing there looking at it and I was like what do I even do with this thing you know <laughs> I'm afraid of looking at it and this thing just shattering but like <laughs> it's built incredibly it's super durable the only complaint I have about it is that at the shoulders, like, it's got this weird ball joint, like, in the chest, like, kind of separating within the chest and underneath the shell. It's got this weird ball joint so you can, like, articulate whether they're going to hunch over or stand straight up. I can't get him to stand straight up. He just keeps leaning forward. Huh. So I don't know if that's going to be, like, every uh, Ninja Turtle figure in this line. But that being said, it's a, a great looking figure. I mean, nothing else looks like it, you know, because uh, they just and apparently like NECA's not going to put out the the traditional like six inch action figure of this 1990 movie line, which I think is kind of BS. But whatever, you know, <laughs> and for a quarter scale figure, it's pretty affordable i mean like it's a hundred dollars for an 18 inch action figure with like 20 points of articulation on it you know what you need to do josh is uh at least stand him up somewhere even if he's hunched over a little bit and put an index card in front of him that says you were expecting maybe the adams family <laughs> <laughs> gonna have him holding a, an index card it's like eh, not the adams family <laughs> one of the greatest lines in cinema history I wouldn't go that far, man. <laughs> oh, sweet, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. That is that is awesome. And, you know, he did say, he was like, oh, I'm not going to get it. I'm not. That was the last episode, I remember, because I edited that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've said that I've said that a couple of times, because I think, like, Rob is just kind of subconsciously daring me to, like, buy this stuff so he doesn't have to. He just wants to live vicariously through uh, me. Ah, yep. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he plans to see He's just kind of like, yeah, are you going to get those? <laughs> Are you going to get him? I was like, no, nah, I just don't have the room for him. And I had, and that was logical. I have no room for it. It's just, <laughs> but then I saw, and I wasn't going to get it because it was out of stock everywhere. And then I got an email from Big Bad Toy Star, the uh, 
uh, one of the uh, collectible shops that I peruse online. I got an email for it. It's like, since you've bought Ninja Turtle stuff from us in the past, look what just came in stock. I was like, oh, God, did Rob send me this? <laughs> that was me. It was all my plan. Yeah, so now the big decision is, do I just keep Donatello, or do I get the other three when they come out? Because they're not out yet. It's like, do I just get Donatello, or do I get the other three? I was like, uh, oh. Probably got to get the other three. Got to get the other three. Yeah, Damn got it, to. Rob. Yeah. That's sweet. So um, one day my wife's just gonna be like, "You can't hang out with Rob and Jay Weezy." <laughs> bad influence. Bad influence. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> oh, great minds. Yeah, I got the uh, TMNT, the Works Volume Three, but I think I said that last episode. Um, yeah, nothing other than that. My mom found a uh, a Ninja Turtles cup. It's like a plastic looking coffee cup uh, with the Turtles logo on it, which is kind of cool. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah. Well, uh, guys, we I am so flattered and, and, and humbled by we have gotten a huge uh, number of emails and calls this week. Of course, most of them is about BJ, but we did get one from Anthony Pig about our last episode where we were talking about, you know, season after season five, we're going to get a reboot of the Ninja Turtles and everything. Anthony Pig sent us uh, or he gave us a call. But before I get to that call... We did get an email and a review from a guy named Dustin, okay? And this is a very nice review. Uh, he says, Hey, guys, it's Dustin from Minnesota, or Rip Guts on Twitter. Just stopping by to tell you guys that I love the formula of the podcast you got going on now. The positivity is awesome. And uh, the way you all switch up the different types of TMNT generations on each show is fantastic. I say, keep up the turtle uh, tubing steamboat flowing. Love what you guys do, Calabunga. And then I think the same guy, Mr. Dustin, wrote us a, a, a nice review on iTunes. So, man, can't thank you enough, man. We love hearing stuff like this, and we're so happy that you like the format and, and what we're trying to do, man. That's, that's really nice, man. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much, Dustin. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, man. Thanks for the support. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, Anthony Pig called, uh, and I'll go ahead. Hopefully you can hear it, and if not, I'll sum it up. <laughs> so All right. Let's try this. Knowing our luck today, I probably can't hear it, but we'll try it anyway. The turtle come. Maybe that's Michelangelo now. This is Donatello. Come in. Calabunga, dudes. Anthony Pig here. I just wanted to comment on episode 73 when y'all were discussing the new season of the TMNT about how they'd be going to get mystical ninja powers. And so my opinion is I'm wondering if they're going to do something along the lines of the last season of the 2003 series, which was the 13 long lost episodes of the TMNT where they had the whole ninja tribunal arc. So I'll try to keep spoilers to a minimum, but they basically had these unique ninja powers to each one in that season. And so, while it was lighthearted in that sense, that season turned really, really dark. There was a lot of death. In the very first three episodes, you actually seen characters die. That was how dark this whole season got, and which is probably one of the reasons why they didn't show it right away. They didn't show it until I believe after the whole back, until the whole fast forward arc actually ended, that they decided to actually just show it. So that's just my two cents. So if you haven't checked it out, that's a great season to actually watch. So hopefully y'all get to it soon. Well, thanks again, y'all. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. So, so Anthony, thank you so much for the call. 
So basically, here's what he, he uh, was suggesting is that with the new reboot coming up, that they're going to do some more mystic stuff, that it might be a, like the last season of the 2003 cartoon, where he said that a lot of the, the turtles, they had mystical powers in that. They had special powers. And he also said that it was also kind of dark, you know, and, and a lot of our favorite characters died in that season, which, unfortunately, I've not seen a lot of the last season of the 2003 series so i can't remember how it went so it's possible man you know the conjectures out there we have no idea what they mean by mystical powers but it would be interesting to see something like that i still don't know how i feel about a new show coming on and i don't really know what uh tales of the tmnt is gonna entail no pun intended yeah um, <laughs> you know but i yeah. It's just it's something to think about. I mean, really, I'm I'm looking forward to Tales of the TMNT because it's gonna uh, introduce Usagi Ojimbo, uh, Hothead is gonna be the first uh, villain that they take on, and it definitely looks pretty cool. Uh, oh, we're not talking about Tales, are we? We're talking about Rise of the Ninja Turtles, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, the reboot coming up. Okay, never mind. Clearly, I'm not thinking about the right thing, but. Uh, <laughs> It definitely is something that, I mean, I still don't know how I'm feeling about it, but I'm sure, I, I know it's going to be good, because for all my complaints about the 2012 series, none of it's been bad, you know? So I, I don't think there's going to be, like, a dip in quality or anything. It's just, uh, I'm sad to see the old series go. You know, I know I've said that a million times, so. But I'm, I'm happy to see that it's not going away. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. You know, just just whatever happens, happens. But I think if if it's still in Nickelodeon's hands, we're we're gonna be okay. You know, I I really, I really feel that way. And I and I love what Nickelodeon's done. They borrowed a lot of things from the 2003 series. They've added a lot of their own things. They borrowed some things from the comics and the original cartoons. So, I really think they'll handle handle um, this reboot with some respect. So, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. They did such a good job with the t- the 2012 series. I mean, there's just so many little things in there they put in that they put. I know they put in for people like us, you know, that we appreciate all the the throwbacks and and stuff to all the uh, the old original series and just all the nods to like D and D and video yeah. games and stuff and Star Trek. Right? It's awesome. They understand that a lot of 90s kids are parents now, you know. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for the call, man. That, that was really cool. It's great to hear from you. And also very informative. So, dude, feel free to call anytime, man. And I know he's a diehard Power Rangers fan. Maybe we should get him on for the next Mutation crossover. That'd be awesome. Boo! <laughs> Are you pulling the Power Rangers? No, you, well, I'm just speaking for Jay Weezy there. So. Oh. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, see how uh, it sounds, Jay Weezy? Uh, he's got yeah. a big enough mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm just kidding. I'm uh, just kidding. All right, so guys, before we get into the comic book, uh, I figured we'd do something a little fun, our our Rad Relics segment. So today I'm kind of excited about this one because I had never seen these before, but maybe you guys have. Today's Radical Relic is the 1993 Burger King Kids Club uh, Magazine Bicycle Accessory Kit. Have you guys wow. ever seen this before? <laughs> that was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. No, I've yeah. never I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, okay, so I'd never seen them before. First of all, I didn't even know the Burger King Kids Club had their own magazine. I had no idea, but apparently you could send in for this, and they might have even sold these you know, at Burger King. I- I'm not particularly sure, but okay. I-, I had an image pulled up. It was a Donatello pouch, a little Raphael uh, bike horn, a whole bunch of Ninja Turtle license plates, and oh, what was the other thing? 
there, there was a couple of stickers or, and spokes you could put on. But it was a giant kit that came with a whole bunch of stuff uh, in 1993, and you, ha you had to send in for it. Let me pull up a image real quick. Yeah, if you search that up, you can actually see what I'm talking about. It's uh, the Donatello pouch. It's really cool. I kind of want that. Uh, let's see. There was a couple other things, but um, yeah. Do you guys actually remember some of the Burger King Kids Club stuff besides the VHS tapes? Because I actually do. Like, do you guys remember the cups? All I remember is Kid Bid. That's all. <laughs> yeah, okay. he was awesome, man. <laughs> well, the visor. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But let's you... see. There was Kid Bid, Jaws. There was wheels, uh, that's all I remember. Wheels, uh, IQ was the, the nerd kid. Of course. Yeah. It was either that or Wilbur. What are you going to call him? <laughs> nice. Oh, and there's also a, um, let me just send you a picture of it uh, so you guys. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Let me send. Dude, I had, I had one of these license plates when I was, I didn't have like this whole kit, but I had one of those license plates. No, did you? <laughs> yeah, I had dude, a, I have a new green show. bike. I could put it on mine. Yeah, there you go. I could rock that, dude. Okay, I just <laughs> sent you a picture of what I'm talking about. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I like, I like yeah. the, uh, the water bottles too. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. It's a ninja sipper. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, oh. so guys, yeah, if, if any of you guys have had these or, or gotten these at Burger King Kids Club or sent in for these, God bless you. Um, send us an e email or, you know, send us some pictures if you still have it. Some really cool stuff here that uh, I've never seen before. It's great stuff. That's awesome. Actually, you know, come to think of it, that bike horn does kind of look familiar. Here's something you all might remember. Hang on. Let me pull this up. I actually do remember these cups. Let me know if you all remember these Burger King Kids Club cups. You get them. Oh for, wow! Yeah, for for I think it was like three ninety nine or two ninety nine. You can get them at Burger King. I never saw those. No, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I love remember, that. Those look cool. totally awesome. Yeah, they do. It's almost <laughs> like you got them off of a cup. Uh, and yeah, I dig this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is so, it like frosted glass? I think it's just a plastic cup. Is it plastic? Hot. I can't tell. Yeah. This is. Oh, it, Michelangelo's breakdancing. <laughs> He's on his show, like spinning around. That's awesome. If this were from McDonald's, it would be a frosted glass mug or something like that. But it was Burger King. They were, yeah. they were for uh, the poor people. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Gosh, I, I'm a sucker for stuff like this. As a matter of fact, um, earlier today, I actually bought the bike kit. So. Uh, oh, I did, I did. It was on eBay for for twenty bucks, so I picked it up. I picked it up, awesome. so it was worth it. You're gonna have the raddest bike on summer vacation, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I'm gonna hunt my horns some money. Oh, so anyways, yeah. So that's our rad relic for the day. And guys, if you have any Burger King Kids Club stuff that you'd like to send uh, send us a picture of, please send us an email at turtleflakespodcast@gmail.com. I'm a sucker for Burger King Ninja Turtle toys, so. Man, that's cool. That is really cool. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Um, let's go ahead and get into the comic. What do y'all say? Yeah. All right, Emma. All right. Which one are we talking about? Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. Okay, guys. So, uh, today we are covering primarily uh, TMNT Universe 8 and IDW issue 67. Some crazy stuff in these issues, but um, we're going to start with issue 8, but before we do that, I want to kind of recap what happened in issue 7, which was pretty monumental. So, for those of you who might remember in the IDW storyline, um, when, when, when they killed, or almost killed, Donatello, somehow Donatello had transferred 
his consciousness, his soul, into Metalhead. Not sure how he did it. Can't really remember. I know it had something to do with Harold's... Fugitoid did it. Fugitoid. Yeah, one of the smart ones. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we don't need the cloud. We got Fugitoid. Yeah, that's right. We'll do your backups for you. <laughs> and Fugitoid has to fix Windows 10. He's, uh, he's, he's a droid. Oh, yeah, seriously, for. yeah. Put him on that. <laughs> but yeah, so Fugitoid, you know, helped Donatello transfer his consciousness to Metalhead. Well, we've not really seen Metalhead much since then. And in Universe 7, Donatello's working on Metalhead, you know, trying to, um, you know, restore him because not, believe it or not, although a lot of issues have passed, time-wise, not a lot of time has passed since Donatello had come back, all right, or had uh, recovered. So finally he's working on Metalhead, and then all of a sudden, Metalhead's acting really, really strange. And eventually, Donatello starts realizing that Part of Donatello's personality is still inside Metalhead, yes. which is a crazy idea to think of that you have two different Donatellos. But the the creepy thing is, it's he's sort of like Donatello, but he's sort of not, you know. And he's definitely uncomfortable being inside a robot body. The real Donatello, you know, he's trying to say, "Hey, calm down, calm down. We 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 can find a way to get you. We can find a way to reprogram this, or or get you used to your your robot body." But uh -huh. the metal Donatello is not comfortable with that. He's, he's almost panicking inside. And eventually he starts doing some crazy stuff. Uh, well, in issue seven, it's really cool because, like, the, uh, they start calling him Metal Don, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, I, the, the Donatello that's in Metalhead, he's convinced that he's the real Donatello. Even though us as readers, we know that Donatello is... Not in a machine. Donatello is his own person now. He's back from the dead, uh, in a manner of speaking. But for whatever reason, Donatello's personality stayed in Metalhead's programming. And what's really crazy is like Donatello takes sympathy on him, and he starts putting him through tests and everything. And uh, Donatello Metal Don is like watching TV and trying to establish himself within the turtles uh life pretty quickly almost too quickly uh in my opinion uh because you don't want to go into the deep end right away yeah. you know you want to eat your way in there you know um but then he starts running around with donatello on patrol and everything and wondering why you know he feels hungry but he knows he doesn't need to eat he feels tired but he doesn't feel like he needs to go to sleep uh, so he's just up all the time, just absorbing data, just data upon data and data and data. And it's really it's really crazy to think about how uh, these things that were really back in issue like 45 through 50 when Donatello was in Metalhead's body. Um, it was really cool to hear how Donatello had to react to not needing to sleep, not needing to eat or drink or anything. And it was really cool to see how he dealt with it. But then when you see Metal Don start to accept the fact that it seems weird that Metal Don doesn't need to eat or sleep. It's kind of like now all of a sudden you're hearing this thing that you used to think was fascinating is now really wary. You're really wary about it. And yeah, you just you kind of know as a reader, you kind of know it's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you start getting that kind of restless and uneasy feeling uh, halfway through the issue. And then yeah. by the end, Donatello, like you said, 
he's trying to say, okay, let, maybe it would be good if we just went out somewhere. So he takes him to all places, probably not Donnie's brightest moment, to a zoo. Right. Uh, and when Metal Don sees the rhinoceros, it immediately takes him back to Rocksteady and what Rocksteady did to him, you know, uh, or to the real Donatello. Uh, yeah. And, he, you know, he has that flashback. And he decides, he, he just kind of gets his gun, and he kills the rhinoceros. He kills the rhino, and, you know, it's like something inside him snaps, and he goes, you know, uh, he, he's, he deserved it. You know, he's out of his misery now and, and all these things. And finally, that's when Donatello, that's a big turning point for him. He goes, oh, my gosh, something's wrong with him. We need to reprogram, and we need to do something to, to stop this because he's dangerous. Yeah. And, that, and that's when Metal Don eventually turns on Donnie. And turns the gun towards him, or I guess his cannon arm, his Mega Man arm. Uh, <laughs> the and, Mega Buster. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he turns the tides on him and, and the tables on him, and, and that's how issue seven ends. You know, there's that big standoff with Donnie and Metal Don. So, really cool yeah. concept. As soon as I saw, like, it's, you know, within the first couple of pages of this issue, I knew that was exactly where this was going, right? Yeah. Because once you figure out that. They're technically both Donnie, and it's kind of weird if you think about it. So, right, Donatello's conscious this was copied into Metalhead and then copied from Metalhead back into his body. So, technically, Metalhead has the backup, the first backup of Donnie. Yeah, yeah. So, technically, so, you could say that he is the real Donnie. Very true, yeah. Because even that's more the first place than, that it was copied. Exactly, yeah, even more realistic than the Donnie that we know. But it kind of seems crazy. like... I didn't even think about that. Man, yeah, yeah. The metal Don is the actual Donatello. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. but it seems like when maybe one of his consciousness was transferred, I'm guessing a hundred percent went from Metalhead to the new Donnie, but I think some of it got like messed up or removed or something. That kinda seems like what happened. But it was kinda weird if you think about it though, because from Metalhead's perspective, I was like, Well, really they both are the same a copy of the same consciousness. So they both have an equal right to be in Donnie's body. So of course yeah. they're going to fight over, right? Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, imagine if you if if your consciousness was copied to a robot, and then you wake up and you're in a robot body, and someone else is in your body living your life. Wouldn't you want to take it back? Like, it's oh, really oh man, true. Yeah, it kind of messes with your head. Like, they did a great job on the front cover, like just showing you know, I guess the symbolism to show that Donnie is is uh metal don and vice versa it's kind of crazy yeah and kind of i like the uh the cover to number seven a little bit better oh yeah dude yeah. that one like that one it it just evokes an emotional response as soon as you see it and you're like oh my gosh like what is going to happen like and and you're wondering like is this actually a frame from the uh from the issue like does he texas chainsaw massacre his skin and put it on his body <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, where is this going to go? Oh god, Buffalo Don? Man. Oh <laughs> gosh. It's crazy, man, because he's just like tearing the skin off of him and it's metalhead underneath. I was like, oh god, uh, what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that was an awesome cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, Ryan Ferrier, has he written a lot of Turtle stuff before? Because I don't recognize that name. I don't know that they've got like a second creative team for the TMNT Universe but, stuff. You yeah, know? but boy, if this is his debut, and I'm not sure if it is, but if it is... He's really good. I, I like his writing Hello. style. Yeah, and Grayson does too. He's on my lap. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, Grayson. Uh, he's like, hey, say, what's up, Uncle Josh? My Uncle Josh's? But, uh, yeah, I, I love the uh, issue seven. So, you know, 
I know we kind of just recapped it, but what would you guys guys give just issue seven alone? Man, just as a concept, I'd give that a ten, just because. Wow. I didn't think that they. I I hate saying it this way, but I didn't think they had the backbone to really go for a straight up outer limits Twilight Zone kind of level story here because the whole death of Donatello arc really leaves a bit of a sour taste in my mouth because like literally the next issue on the third page Donatello's still alive it's like there's no merit to him dying outside of uh we're gonna put his consciousness into a robot and then when I found out or then when you saw that well no he's not metalhead anymore he was only metalhead for a couple of issues I was really hoping he would still be metalhead for a long time and then that rug got taken out for me too and then now that we see that no metal don is this new character that is really really interesting and it, it raises a lot of questions like who is the real donatello who has the right to be donatello would the is, real donatello please, please stand, stand up? up i was thinking that, that. <laughs> exactly yeah but that those are just the backbone you would need to like really present those questions in a Ninja Turtles comic book. Right? From an outsider's perspective that doesn't follow the series, you really would be flabbergasted that they would be able to do a story like this. So yeah, it's, I think this is a great concept. You know, I really absolutely love this. So yeah. do, you th- do you think this makes up for Donnie's death? Or, you know, I guess return, abrupt return. Uh, I can't talk today. His quick return, I should say. Issue eight kind of sullies it a little bit. Okay, you know, just because I mean spoilers, but just because it doesn't last as long as, you know, I think that I think that Metal Don should be his own character, and you know, it would be great to have Metal Don as a villain. You know, oh man, how cool would that be? And yeah, yeah and he's an and evil genius do for a little bit, but but obviously it doesn't last. So it it makes up for it, yeah, because it it raises a lot of really interesting existential questions. You know, I really I really enjoy it. Yeah. Awesome. So, do you like this better than the Worm issue? That's the big question. No, no. Worm is still the best uh, universe issue. Today. Oh, see, see, this one and five are tied for my favorite right now. Yeah. See, I, as as concepts, I like uh, Metal Don a little bit better, but in execution, I like Worm a lot better. Okay. So. Awesome. Awesome. What about you, Jay Weezy? Yeah, I'd say the story on this one. I, I've not read Worm. This is the first universe one that I've read. Um, so I have to catch up on those and. Um, I'm I'm really excited to read those. But as far as just a turtles comic, the writing I have to go with a ten on this one. I mean, wow, awesome! All the questions they bring up. I mean, just like Josh was saying. I mean, they've kind of reached another level of uh, I don't know, just uh, a, a different level of thinking and writing and yeah, maturity. Yeah, everything. I mean, just this could be uh this doesn't even have to be about turtles right you could use a story anywhere and even you know like i was saying if you thought of it as being yourself how would you handle it type of uh situation yeah i mean they nailed it on this one and yeah you know even though i knew where it was going uh within the first couple of pages it was kind of cool to see how that how they uh had it unfold i i don't think they could have really done much better with an issue uh, and it was cool that they really focused in on this story because I know, I don't know about the universe series, but I know a lot of times in Turtles they kind of do the Star Wars thing where you got three stories happening at once and you're yeah. switching between the three different stories. They just totally focused in on Donnie on this one, and I really like that they kept the focus so that the entire issue was all about him and Metal Don. Um, they yeah. did an excellent job. 
Yeah. That seems to be what Universe is doing. Like, the first four issues was about all four turtles dealing with something, and then issue five was about Old Hob, and then issue six was a Michelangelo issue, and then seven and eight is a Donatello story. So they seem to be doing, like, specifically what Tales of the TMNT was back in the 80s and early 2000s. It's pretty much just, like, one shot, you know, uh, very, very quick story arcs, you know, so that seems to be what they're doing. Yeah. And I lo- and I love those. <clears throat> you know, those those are uh, actually sometimes I like these kind of stories even better than the main runs. Although today's issue is really good too. Um yeah. but yeah, it's it's incredible. And I I think Oh, thank you, Grayson. You just knocked over all my Game Boy games. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that uh, this is probably my favorite issue to date uh, from Universe. I love the concept. It reminds me of an old-fashioned sci-fi novel from you know Isaac yeah. Asimov or something. You know, it's the 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 deep moral dilemma of you know what if a, a robot could come alive and actually had a soul. You know, so and and I love the idea of what you mentioned, Josh. Of what if you know Metal Don does turn out to be a very famous villain you know he could be an evil genius because that is still donatello you know donatello is the one of the smartest characters in the turtles universe if not the smartest um so what a cool concept and i know we'll see him again um but yeah i mean the story arc's not over yet we we've of course we've got issue eight here but and it picks up right where the last one left off and metalhead's about to kill donatello but uh Donnie actually talks Metal Don down. He's like, hey, look, just please, I'm begging you, don't do this. And it's kind of cool. You see a, a perspective of Metal Don, and he's having all these flashbacks of Bebop and Rocksteady and, and Splinter, you know, and that powerful scene where Splinter says, he's strong, my son, just like his brothers, but Donatello needs your strength more than ever. So Metal Don is having a really, really hard time accepting all this. And then we get a cutaway to the Turtles playing video games, and I wonder what game they're playing. Yeah. Street Fighter. Yeah, probably. Tournament Fighters. <laughs> yeah, it is, dude. It is Street Fighter because, like, Raphael and Leonardo are playing, and Raphael's like, stop crouching and punching. That's all you're doing. You're cheating. Leonardo's <laughs> like, it's, he says, all is fair in love and video games, Raph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's good stuff. So they're, they're just kind of, you know, chilling out. Uh, and I always wonder how they have the money to buy this stuff. Because Donato's got a laptop, the Turtles, they've got a video game console, looks like an Xbox. And he probably just finds broken ones and fixes them, and like in the garbage and stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> I got you. That's what I would... It oh, was yeah. like really easily... It's something that could be like just in hindsight really easily explainable. Like 20 years ago, it's like, well, how many NES games were thrown away? Because, oh, well, this one never starts. <laughs> and Donatello could just fix it. But like you look in the last, in the last couple of issues and they've got like a brand new PS4. I know. Like, how yeah. are you getting that? Are you just like stealing them? You just like waiting till GameStop closes and like just breaking into the back. <laughs> Foot Clan hooks them up. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Speaking of the oh, Foot yeah. Clan, that's totally GameStop. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. The... <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. this month. Uh, oh, there's so many games I want, but I digress. Uh, so. You know the turtles. Each one of them, they want to do different things. Eventually, when they're when they're done with the video game, Michelangelo he wants to. He's like, you know what, guys, we have some downtime. Why don't we, why don't we be like superheroes and uh, protect the city? And Raphael, he's like, you know what, why don't we actually relax and let the trouble come to us? That's that's uh, issue sixty seven, man. Is it? Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> that's not universe eight. Now. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I gotta. It's all runs together. Oh lord. It's been a morning. So, uh, so Donatello comes storming in, 
And, you know, of course, he's all, you know, beaten up and bruised up. And everyone and everyone's like, what happened? Uh, and, of course, he explains the whole situation, what happened with Metalhead and how Metalhead lost it. Uh, he goes, I know where he's uh, he's at. I've got a GPS tracker on him. We got to go. We got to go save him. I believe we can find a way to reprogram him. And so eventually they get to Harold. Uh, is it Lilia's or Lilia's? I think it's Elijah. Elijah. Like that. Yeah. Elijah Wood. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Frodo. So they go to his lab, and um, you know, and it's it's kind of interesting how quickly the lab's starting to look abandoned and rough. And you see Metalhead's shell of a body. <laughs> But um, <laughs> no, no pun intended there. Okay. And uh, you know, poor Donatello, he's freaking out. He's like, "Metalhead, wake up, please, wake up!" And then they they eventually fire up some of Harold's cameras, security cameras, and you find out exactly what happened. Um, if into the hollow recordings you go. Any pain will you find? <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah. So so he blasts through Metalhead, blasts through this wall. And finds this huge, huge like metal head upgrade, and I don't remember Harold mecha building head. this. Say what, Josh? I said mecha head. Mecha yeah. head. Nice. <laughs> He's a uh, metal head prime. Yeah. Yeah. Or Donimus Prime. There you go. Oh, I like that Donimus uh, Prime. What a, he's a Unicron. Whatever. He's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so he sees that and he goes, "Yes, the processing power makes sense of this. Make the pain dissipate." So he's going to try to transfer his consciousness into that huge, huge robot. And the only place he can do that is at StockGen Labs, all right, the TCRI laboratory. Yeah, and it's crazy, like, his reasoning behind it is because he figures out that his emotions are his problem. So he's trying to take his – he's trying – ironically, he's trying to take his personality away from him. Yeah. So he can take the memories away. Yeah, it's it's crazy the way it works. Uh the turtles they they break into the building, which I always find it so funny that they can you know pretty much go anywhere they want. They are ninjas, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so they go in there and they eventually confront him in his new mech suit. So, so what? Do you, first of all, what do you guys think of this new suit? I think it looks awesome. Yeah, it's oh, pretty, man. it's pretty dope. Yeah, pretty man, dope. You know, I'm just I'm wishing more and more every month that IDW has like a toy line. Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh gosh, yeah. I'd love to have this one. Really, I really oh, like sweet. this one. Yeah, this is a really it harkens to the original design that you saw just a couple of pages ago, but it's so identifiable as, like, you know, the super metalhead. Yeah. Or whatever they would call it. But yeah. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and I'd love to see this, like, you know how the Megazord was kind of big? You know, sorry, Josh. <laughs> Jay Weezy, I don't mean to bring this up, but... Uh... No, the Megazord back was... to Power Rangers. It, took, it, it all comes back. Uh, He's a Beetleborgs fan, man. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah, come on. VR like, Trooper. At least VR Troopers. I mean, that, VR Troopers is like the real one. You know, hey, we like, are VR. The... <laughs> uh, so good stuff here. Uh, Metalhead looks great. I would love to have a giant figure of him, you know, almost like the Megazord. But... So anyways, he's yeah. about to hook up to the main power source here, which I'm not exactly sure how this would work. Like... So I guess he's going to plug that thing into himself, this power source from, like, I guess, one of um, the Stock Lab or Stock Gen servers, and the I guess reprogram CRI. himself? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, and he goes, this should be enough, an upgrade. Yes, reformat, finally, peace. And the turtles show up at the, in the last second, and there's one page, I wish these were numbered, where uh, Super Metalhead, he looks kind of like Predator a little bit. He looks pretty awesome. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, so the turtles confront him and go, no, you don't want to do this. Okay, well, Metalhead, he goes, you honestly think I'm the same thing or same as you? I thought I was smarter than that, which, first of all, was a funny line. I found the, the strength, Donatello, to cut ties with these faulty emotions. 
And speaking of cutting, Leonardo cuts that server cord. And, of course, uh, Super Metalhead does, pulls a Darth Vader here and goes, No! <laughs> Sorry. Man, you are tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it. I could have done that so much better. So Metalhead, he's freaking out, you know, absolutely enraged. He's beating up the turtles because now his plan has been foiled. And the turtles are trying to battle him. And eventually, Metalhead, he's about to crush Donatello. And he's like, you did this. This is all your fault. And eventually, he decides to do a self-destruct sequence. All right, and it starts counting down. And this is a... I, when I read this, I was actually pretty stressed out. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the great writing. But I was like, oh, my gosh. He's going to kill him. You know, because anything happens in this series. Right, yeah. So they're like... And they, there's no way they can get away in 10 seconds. So they're going to die. Unless something changes at the last second, they will die. So they're like, no, Metalhead, please stop. Please stop this. And then eventually gets four, three. And Donnie, he looks right into this great scene here. Looks right into Metalhead's eyes. Or at least, you know, what he thinks are his eyes. And says, it's too late. We, we're not going to make it. Two, one. And then it says, self-destruct beta sequence complete. And it was, I guess that it was, he was rebooting. That's what it was. Yeah, oh, the reboot like button. Yeah. 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 So it he, like, of... blew up internally kind of a thing. So. Yeah, yeah. And then he freaks out, shoots all the, the turtles, and then uh, busts out of the uh, the lab. All right? So we definitely know that he will return. And by the way, I love his rocket feet. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Those are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah he's like Wiley e. Coyote, man. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> With the rocket skates. <laughs> yep. Like the Swiss Army turtle. So. <laughs> So, well, uh, and, uh, why didn't Donatello just try rebooting him? I mean, duh. Like, your robot goes psycho. What do you do? Turn him off, turn him back on again. I don't know why he didn't do that. <laughs> it probably would have fixed everything. Yeah, yeah, problem solved. He'll be alive, but, you well, know. you know, like, his whole plan is kind of weird because, like, he wants to get this power surge to, like, fry the emotions inside his body. But then he just does it anyway without mm -hmm. being connected to anything. So it's like, right. oh, so you could have just, like, stayed in one room away from the turtles and done it over Wi-Fi. Sure, <laughs> That's true, you know? Come to but think of it. But exactly what he does. He's like, okay, no more emotions. Emotions are gone. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, like, I'm out. Yep. Rocket, rocket boots him his way out of there. <laughs> and and then they're back in the lair, and Donatello took the old metalhead body from Harold's old lab. Mm-hmm. And I immediately cry foul because get that thing as far away from you as you can. It's <laughs> just gonna, it's gonna turn into a toaster and just like try to kill everybody again. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, the turtles, you know, Donnie's been kind of cooped up for quite some time, and uh, the turtles, you know, they're they're concerned about him. They they kind of want to check up on him. They go, hey buddy, why don't we go out and fight some crime today or something? You know, kind of get some fresh air. And Donnie, of course, like you said, Josh, is, he's been working on the original Metalhead body. And it's kind of a sad scene, you know, the, the very end. It says, um, after all, what good is all this if we can't live a little? And it zooms in on Metalhead's face, and, and that's the issue. So I think we'll see Super Metalhead or uh, Donimus Prime again soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think so. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. You know, there's, there's so many villains now and IDW's done a great job of, of really creating a universe of, of memorable villains. You know, of course, yeah. super metal head leatherheads out there still, um, agent Bishop. Oh, wait till we get to him. Uh, 
and who else is going on? Um, of course, Shredder and the Rat King. No. Well, Shredder, no. you know, you know, Kitsune, she's got something up her sleeve with Shredder. I know it. You know, issue 100, <clears throat> Shredder's going to come back. I guarantee it. <laughs> I, so. I wouldn't doubt that. I would not doubt that, if not sooner. Yeah. So, guys, uh, what would you give this particular issue? Um, I'll, st- I'll start with me first. Loved it. Love these two. Love these two stories by Ryan Ferrier. I, he's a phenomenal writer. I really liked what he, what he did. Love the fact that we get a brand new character that was pretty destructive. I really, really am enjoying TMNT Universe. I mean, I'm looking forward to it just as much as the the main run. Uh, so yeah. I would give I would give this a nine out of ten. The only flaw I see is kind of what you said. You know, you, you unless maybe we're we're not understanding it right there he could have rebooted the whole time and that's kind of what he wanted was to just vanquish all the emotional feelings that he was having so yeah. he didn't have to go to Harold's to do that or uh, not Harold's um Stockman's to do that but uh yeah. but even with that little plot hole there or if it is one still a great issue guys go check this out it's awesome so but I dig- I digress what do you guys think um you know what i kind of i I really like this issue. It's I don't like it as much as I did issue seven. Great themes, but I just don't like how... First off, I don't like how using Donatello's impending death as a cliffhanger, you know, again. <laughs> just <laughs> They're going to try killing off the same turtle over and over again. I don't really appreciate that as a Donatello fan myself. But I don't really care for how quickly uh, Metal Don 2.0 was just... It was just kind of wiped away to the side and like we'll take care of him later we'll see him again don't worry five more issues he'll be back <laughs> and i just that that gives it a little bit of tardish to me so uh i'd give this one about a seven. Oh, i wow. like it yeah i like it but just those couple of things that just i know i've been a proponent for you know shorter storylines that's what to be but this one looked like it was set up for a third issue and they just decided not to do it it was just a little bit too tidy which usually doesn't happen with the Turtles comics. But whatever, it's good. I like it. Yeah, still, seven's still a pretty solid score. Yeah. yeah. It works It works because of a really solid issue seven. You know, it kind of, you, you kind of have to read them back-to-back to really get a good story going, I think, in my opinion. It works out better that way. Yeah, I have to agree. It's uh, a really, really great issue, and uh, Universe just seems like it's... Uh, more focused on individual turtles like this one on Donatello and I like that it's a more mature kind of storyline and it kind of makes you think a lot more yeah. uh, like we were saying earlier you can kind of put yourself in Donatello's shoes and relate to what he's going through and uh, I think what what Metal Don did was it didn't really surprise me like uh, I mean there were a couple surprises in there but it was logically what I think would have happened in that situation right because if you know if you were having the same issues what would you want to do well you'd want to get back in your body and if that's not an option then you want to fix what the problem was and then I think you know once he realizes that there really is no fix and he felt like he wasn't the real Don he was probably like well there's no reason for me to exist right because I'm broken and I'm not the real Donatello I'm not really serving any purpose so yeah it it seemed it seemed like uh, the story made a lot of sense to me, and it was just yeah. kind of cool to explore and imagine. You know what would I do in that situation? So yeah, for the writing and everything, uh, I I'd, I'd probably give this one maybe maybe a nine. Uh, I think wow. seven seven is a little bit better. Seven is probably a ten. This one is I'm good with a nine. 
it's not quite as good as seven, but uh, it you kind of like like Josh was saying, you got to read them back to back to to complete the story. Um, and I think the beginning was just a little bit better, but yeah, I, I agree. Still a solid issue, guys. Go check it out. Really, really good Dantelo story. And I was yeah. always kind of a, a big fan of Metalhead because I loved the figure as a kid. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, he's criminally underused. Oh, you know? I, I agree. I agree. So I've always got a soft spot for for metalhead stories. So yeah, why is he not the fifth turtle? Just by default, he's the fifth one. Right. You know? Well, sixth one if you count Venus. Oh boy. <laughs> Here we go. And Here we, we do, Jay Weezy. We do count <laughs> Venus. Yeah. Yeah, ladies yeah. first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Rob knows how to treat him. Oh yeah, you know how it is. Yeah, yeah. All right, so guys, we are about to read another big one here. All right, so this is IDW issue 67. Now, uh, this one actually came out a few weeks ago, and it's got an intriguing cover. It's got Slash, and he's in somebody's crosshairs. And on the upper right-hand corner of the cover, you've got all these nin- all these Turtles characters. Uh, Donnie, Old Hob, Ray Filet, most of the Mutanimals. Um, so it's, you already kind of have a question in your mind, like, what's going on here? All right, is Slash about to get it? And you notice his eyes are red. Well, there's a reason for that. So uh, uh, I love how the story opens up with Slash reading The Grapes of Wrath. A little Steinbeck, some casual reading right there. It, it took me back to the first movie. What happened in the first Remember, movie? Remember uh, Casey Jones? He, call, oh, yeah. he calls out The Grapes of Wrath when they're at the, the farmhouse oh, or whatever. Oh, wow. I didn't even catch that. Nice. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." That is cool. Oh man, I was I was about to ask Rob if there because he's an English teacher, he should know this. Is there like some kind of parallel between the Grapes of Wrath and Slash? <laughs> because well, it's just like there's there's got to be some kind of deep meaning here, right? It's like it's foreshadowing, isn't it? We really like the first movie. That's the house in Grapes <laughs> of Wrath. Right there. <laughs> so, never yeah. mind. Oh, I'm gosh. not smart. Oh well, you so, know, I I was thinking the same thing. I was like, okay, there's got to be a reason they put Steinbeck in here because uh, I love the Grapes of Wrath. That's one of my favorite books. Uh, yeah, it just goes to show you how smart uh, Slash is. And you know, right at the beginning of the book, there is a conversation between uh, is it uh, Jim Casey and Tom Jode, just about uh, a turtle. You know, he picks up a turtle. He's about to bring it to his family. Uh, because he just got out of prison and he's on his way home, took a long bus ride home. He finds his turtle along the side of the road and picks it up. And, you know, they have this kind of dialogue about how a turtle, you know, every kid's had a turtle at least once, but somehow they they always find a way to get out. They always find a way to get free. And anyway, so uh, I just thought that was pretty interesting that he's reading Grapes of Wrath here. And is that Pigeon Pete by his side? That's one of his pigeons. He tends to the pigeons for Pigeon Pete. Pigeon Pete has this giant coop. Where he's like named all these pigeons, and Slash just likes to hang out there because it's quiet. Oh, okay. So it's P- Pigeon so, Joe. I thought yeah, one this one. I think he even says, "Hold on." He even says like that dude's name is Jason or something. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy the pigeon. Yeah, Jimmy the pigeon. This is Pigeon uh, Pigeon Jimmy. So is is he one of the good feathers? <laughs> <laughs> good feathers. <laughs> oh my god! It's the god pigeon. Hold on. That's god it. Oh gosh, you guys are terrible. Uh, so you know, you got this great peaceful scene and everything. And by the way, the the artwork was done by um... Santa Luco. Oh, that's right, Santa Luco's back. That's I'm right. Glad he came back. Yeah, that's right. And you know, the action scenes right here are amazing. So you have this one peaceful scene, and then uh, right after that, all of a sudden the building just caves in. All right, yep. uh, and we find out right away it's Agent Bishop's army or his militia because you see all these guys in. Um, you know, tactical gear, and they're like, fire, get them. So uh, 
Slash, it takes quite a bit of bullets and a, quite a bit of tranquilizers to bring him down, but finally he gives it up. Right. But, you know, even I, I just look at that one page where the building's being um, blown up, and just look at all those little panels scattered all over the place, and just the way they laid it out like it's crumbling down. Yeah. That's a cool way to lay out a comic issue, or um, some artwork. That, that's a really neat idea. It's a, Yeah, like... This. this is an amazing layout for a page. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great great shot there. And, you know, so finally they, they bring Slash down and Agent Bishop, you know, who he suspected. He, he's back, you know. So we hadn't seen him since Universe 4. Um, he's finally back, but he's in a main run now. And I was he, really happy about that because I was afraid he was only going to be in Universe. So Yeah, you know, I actually thought that too. When I originally read Universe, I thought he was going to be the main villain of Universe. Like, he was going to be the ongoing guy. Uh, yeah. and not really cross over into the main storyline, uh, you know, where Shredder will be probably the main guy in the main storyline. Mm-hmm. So he shows up. Uh, he says, lessons learned from the TCRI fiasco have certainly begun to pay off. So he's referring to his time in universe there, you know. So he picks up the copy of Grape, Grapes of Wrath, and then he just throws it down and goes, Wrath indeed. All right, and then uh, we get... It cut away to the turtles, and that's the conversation that I was referring to before, <laughs> <laughs> where they're all uh, kind of figuring out what they want to do with their time, because they actually, believe it or not, have some downtime for once. That never happens with them. Of course, you know, Leo, being the leader that he is, he's like, oh, man, we got to prepare. We got we to gotta be proactive here, not reactive. We've got to do stuff. And Raph's like, why? You'd worry if you had nothing to worry about. Uh and then Michelangelo's like, hey, I know, we can go and uh, protect the streets. Because, of course, he's reading a whole bunch of comic books. And I, Let's be superheroes. Yeah. And, by the way, he's got quite the collection there. I see some Spider-Man, some Hulk. Uh, looks like he's reading a Batman comic. Yeah, I really like There's this one comic on the floor that I just now noticed. He's got a copy of this comic book called Black Sad, which is this really awesome. I've actually read it. It's this really cool noir uh, detective story. So oh, cool. I really recommend that listeners. When you get a chance, go download Black Sad. You can find it on Amazon. Thank like, me later. Yeah, nice. It kind of looks like Old Hob on the cover. It does. Yeah, it yeah. totally. That, <laughs> that character totally looks like Black or uh, um, Old Hob. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff there. Good stuff. So uh, you know, Leonardo he's starting to get really frustrated, and of course, typical fashion, Leo and Raph uh, they they start kind of getting into it. And even Donatello's like, you know what? We, we can't go out and just fight crime. So he starts getting into it with uh, Michelangelo. So. They're all kind of bickering. I want to build my gadgets. <laughs> I'm an inventor. Uh, I think we just found ourselves a transformer. <laughs> yeah, just can help me with my inventions. <laughs> so we get it. We get a cutaway into um, one of Agent Bishop's hired scientist labs. Uh, I forget his name. Um, Doctor some somebody. And Shevlin. Shevlin. Yeah, this is a really cool part because like they're experimenting on. Um, uh, slash, and they find out that he... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take that away from no, you. No, please, I, I talk too much. Uh, they find yeah. out that Slash is <laughs> actually Jeff. suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, which I wanted to bring this up because that was an immediate buzzword to me because, like, when I was in the Army, they told you, you're going to suffer from this, and so this was an immediate buzzword to me. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was because of, like, torture and training that... Slash, is, the reason he's so aggressive is because he, he's trained himself to basically be that aggressive when he's threatened. And basically, what uh, he's in a like this weird kind of suspension, this uh, 
weird just kind of tank just kept asleep because they're stimulating the amygdala in his brain and they're sending pulses of electricity to it at a certain voltage to suppress him to make him stay asleep and that's how their plan what their plan ultimately is is to control slash and make him their drone basically so they have a guy on the inside to take out the turtles and the mutant animals oh for sure and oh my goodness it they definitely uh they utilize that plan and uh one of the colonels, I uh, forget his name, but he was in the universe issues too. Uh, he's kind of like Bishop's right hand man. He's head of the, the uh, I guess, the militia for him. Uh, yeah, the uh, the, the is, militia. He uh, he runs <laughs> a he uh, heads up a mercenary group called Darkwater. Uh, Agent Bishop Agent Bishop works for the government under an agency called the Earth Protection Force. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, he's a little suspicious of the doctor. He goes, are you sure this containment facility is strong enough to hold him? And, uh, you know, Bishop, he puts him in his place. He goes, look, I, I know this guy. Uh, I, kn- I believe me. This guy knows what he's doing. So uh, Bishop kind of puts him in his place there. And then we get uh, cut away to Donatello conferring with Splinter, which I thought was kind of interesting. Leonardo. Leonardo. Oh, oh did I say Donatello? Yeah. I guess I was expecting the Adams family. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was terrible. Uh, so Leonardo, he uh, he's talking to Splinter, and this is kind of interesting because they don't hate each other. You know, it's like he's going to Splinter as anyone would. You know, it's it's almost like that that classic feeling. You know, when you move away from your parents, yeah. and you go back go back home or go back to get advice from them. It's it's almost like that kind of vibe. Uh, where Leonardo, he just needs help, and the only person who can give him some sage-like advice is good old Splinter. But the thing is, they had departed on such a dark note, but it doesn't seem like that matters anymore. It's it's kind of strange. So Mike, or uh, Don, oh gosh, Leonardo, there we go. Uh, he's like, hey, I don't know what to do with these guys. You know, they're, they're bickering all the time. I'm not a good leader. It's the classic Leonardo argument, you know, that I just can't seem to manage them right. I can't seem to get everybody on the same page, ever. He needs to read Michael Scott's book. Somehow I managed. <laughs> <Somehow I manage. laughs> He's even got the cover um, yeah, figured out, where he's just kind of shrugging. So, good old Splinter, you know, being the, the father that he is, he just kind of smiles and goes, that's good. You know, you, you all have your own personalities, and guess what? You're all still teenagers. Calm down, Leo. That's basically his ma- main message. Just calm down Enjoy it. You are a leader, and you always will be a leader. And, you know, he said something, Splinter said something here I thought was really intriguing. He says, um, he was saying something about the Foot Clan, and how one day he wants the Foot Clan to be, like, he's going to turn everybody around. These assassins, he's going to have them do good. And I'm like, wow, could that happen? Especially after as dark as he went, you know, in issue, what was that, 60 or? Yeah, 65 or something like that, 64. Yeah, yeah. So he says, "I wish I could find that line." Um, uh, okay, maybe it's here. Well, you are fine tuning for the Foot Clan, my son, and I know that. No, that's not it. There, there was one line he says about the Foot Clan and how one day he wants the Foot Clan to be honorable and do the right thing, like Leonardo tries to do. Yeah. And my question, to you guys, is: Can that ever happen? Well, you know, like, be, doing good is a matter of perspective. I mean, you can do True. some dastardly-looking stuff from the outside, but you're uh, doing the right thing. 
You know, and, and like Leonardo, even though he always goes back to Splinter, and he always will, because like, even though Splinter did some horrendous stuff, Splinter still had to tell Leonardo to leave. You yeah. know, it's like, you have to go with your brothers to watch out for them. You know, so Leonardo will just never question his dad, and that's like his fault right there. Ah, true. Yeah, he's, he's kind of got his blinders on. So, I, okay, I'll, I'll kind of probe that question a little bit more. Is Splinter a bad person? He's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> you think yeah. so? No, no, not at all. No, I think like his methods are just extreme because he has a different job now. You know, he he doesn't have he doesn't only have to worry about protecting his sons. He has to worry about protecting an entire clan and what is of the best interest of their clan. Right. You know, right. Ah, interesting stuff, man. Interesting stuff. That's I'd, crazy. <clears throat> I'd love to see the, the what happens later on with the Foot Clan, and and if could the Foot Clan ever be good, you know? And maybe Splinter <laughs> had to do some extreme things to to turn things around, but eventually he did the, for the greater good. So I oh. think like the Foot Clan is always going to be a team of assassins. There's just no way you can get around that. It's just who are they assassinating? True. Yeah. True. Know? All right. So now we get the most gut wrenching part of the comic book. Are you ready for this, guys? Oh. Best part of the book right here. Best and worst. Best yeah. and worst. But best, definitely <laughs> the most memorable part. So the poor mute animals. And by the way, I would love to just hang out with mute animals <laughs> and watch uh, Tommy Boy. Ooh, prehistoric forest. <laughs> My I would like to point out that they never actually go to prehistoric forest in that movie. So this yeah. comic is a little misleading. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, oh, this is a tough one to describe. This one here kind of breaks my heart. All right, so the, the, the mutanimals are just relaxing and everything, and then they hear a knock at the door. And uh, Old Hob's like, oh, man, it must be the pizza guy. So Old Hob, he's back with the mutanimals here, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, that was a surprise. That was yeah. a surprise because, you know, they had kind of split ways for a while. Uh, yeah. So anyways, Mondo, he goes to get the door, and here comes Slash. And, oh, oh tough stuff here. They're checking out his eyes. Uh, Mondo, he's talking to Hob. He goes, yo, is it just me, or do his eyes look super freaky? And uh, one of the pigeons, Jim, right at that very moment, he talks to Pigeon Pete and goes, uh, guys, Slash is right here. Uh, and then we get a cutaway to Bishop, and he goes, gentlemen, we are a go. And right at that it's moment. PlayStation they... VR, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I true. know, right? VR troopers. We'll make it happen. It's going to happen. Oh, gosh, so tough. So he cranks the knob, and that activates beast mode on, on Slash. I mean, he just f berserker freaks out, uh, punches old Hob, Mondo's in shock, and then he tears off Mondo's tail and throws him into the wall. That's the worst part. Like, Mondo's dead. Mondo will bleed out in seconds. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know their tails can grow back, right? But, uh... I don't know. Anyway, so uh, Ray Filet, he's like, oh, my gosh, he's gone crazy. So he tries to get his, his uh, gun ready, and then, and then Slash hits him with Mondo's tail, all right? Ugh, and then um, Mutagen Man, old Seymour, he's like, hey, man, what, what's going on with you? Uh, he's like, can't we talk about this? And Slash headbutts him through the glass, and poor um, Seymour's dying. And, um, oh, gosh, the girl's name. I always forget her name. The uh, Sally. Sally. She tends to see more, and then um, 
Oh no, that was the wrong one. I forget the uh, Leslie. I think is the doctor. Oh, okay. uh, Sally is the cat lady. Cat yeah. lady. Okay, I got you. So she's trying to get onto his back and then trying to strangle um, slash try to calm him down, but he just throws her around like a rag doll. And then here's another gross one. Hermie. Hermie. Yeah, Herman. He's yeah. he's like stand down, soldier, stand down. And then Slash just rips his arm off and uh, throws him um, against the wall. And then, um, uh, what would you say her name was, the girl? Sally? I think Leslie or something like that. I think it's Leslie. Leslie, nope. Yeah. So she goes, oh, no, no, please, no. And you don't really know what happened. I guess she got tranquilized there? Yeah, yeah. she did. All right. And uh, uh says, command, this is winter. Or calm the savage beast. Over. So they finally calm Slash down. And he goes, of all the crazy ops, I swear, secure the building, move. And then they confirm and says, I count three tangos down, and I've got three over here. Counting the human, that makes seven total. Intel had eight, which begs the question, who's missing? And you kind of see old Hob just almost just staring out into space, completely shocked at what he just witnessed. Yeah. And, and that's how the issue ends. We get. Yeah, and of course Hob survived it, yep. Yeah, he's he's a survivor. He is. So, guys, are they dead? That's the big question. All right, do you think they're dead? Oh God, no, I don't. But uh, pretty dramatic man, moment. I don't get what they're gonna go from from here. You know, I don't I don't get where they're gonna go, just because that's such a traumatic incident. There, man. I mean, you just took out the whole Mutanimals team. Oh, you yeah. took out everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like nothing. And, you know, the Mutanimals in the original run, or in uh, the Archie run, they died, you know? So <laughs> it could happen. I hate to see it happen, but it could. Yeah, I know. Man, I'm not looking forward to it just because I like the Mutanimals so much. Me too. Yeah, just, why do they have to keep dying? Stop it. Yeah. yeah. So, it, you know, crazy stuff here. Uh, I love this issue, though. I thought this was really good, and I wasn't expecting it to be great because I didn't know what to make of the cover, which, never judged by a book by its cover, I should know. But I would give this issue an 8 out of 10, or maybe even a 9. I mean, I'm really, really intrigued, and of course, I always liked Agent Bishop. A little ticked off that old Hob kind of abandoned the troops. Because, you know, here you got Mutagen Man, he's trying to break things up. Where's old Hob during all this? So, I think he just hightailed it. And that kind of made me not like him as much. But, overall, great issue. Very, very dramatic issue, and I'm excited to see where it goes. So, what about you guys? Uh, I definitely give this an eight. It's a solid issue. It's got a real heck of an ending. Um, but I wanted to comment on Old Hob because yeah, he gets knocked out, and uh, you don't see where he goes, but you know he's on the roof of the building. And probably it was just because his reaction is to survive, and so he probably saw the the Dark Water agents coming in. He knew he couldn't fight Slash right now. So his first reaction was, let me just get out of here and make sure I don't get caught because everyone else is down, so I can't help them. And you know Old Hob's going to go back and get everybody because he just always does that. I mean, he formed the Mutanimals for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it does kind of suck that he just kind of hightailed it out of there, but you know he's going to make up for it. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's... Great issue, great. It's great to see Splinter and Jenica again. Um, haven't seen them for a few issues, and it's good to see that the Turtles are interested in doing other things. You know, even though you know they're going to be Ninja Turtles again. Um, so, and the promise of a, a super terrifying threat coming up. 
So, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, it's great issue, really solid. Um, I like I, I like that you get a little bit more of a view into uh, Slash's character at the beginning with the Grapes of Wrath. It was kind of cool. Uh, that he's not just a hulking beast, you know, but that he's kind of portrayed that way by when people take control of him. That's kind of all they see him as and use him for. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and yeah, there's tons of action, which is always, you know, really cool. Uh, I love uh, at the beginning when they're first trying to capture Slash, uh, they've got the guy with the the Terminator 2 gas grenade gun. Oh, yeah. And it's a foop, foop. I was like, yes, they nailed that. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, um, I completely missed that. Nah, yeah. Okay. I did too. Yeah. Yeah, it was like what uh, Arnold gets because he's trying not to kill anybody in the second movie. It's that gas grenade. Oh, there it yeah. is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I love that. Is that the part where yeah. he goes, so, I need a vacation? No, it's, no. it's way before that. Oh, okay, like I got you. At the, the lab when, oh, okay. that they blow up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he has to promise not to kill anybody. So, like, the first guy he comes up to, he just pulls out a gun and shoots him in the leg. And John <laughs> looks at him like, what the heck? is like, oh, he'll live. He'll live. Um, but anyway, yeah, I love the uh, I love the turtles, uh, the turtle layer, and just seeing Leonardo with his classic struggles. But it gives a little bit more detail as to what each turtle is wanting to do. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Wow. So, yeah, solid issue. Uh, I Yeah, I'd probably go with an eight. Especially with the dramatic ending, it's it's really really cool. Oh, good stuff, man. Yep, IDW found a way to take my money again. And plus, you know, if nothing else, it made Ray Fillet just a because like the first thing he does is whip out a gun to take out Slash. That, that was cool. Up. I noticed that. That was awesome. Yeah, I was like dude, I want a Ray Fillet series. Come on, where he just goes Punisher on everybody. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. You know, and he's he's on the cover of the next issue too. So. And, oh, is he? Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, interesting so. stuff. So, yeah, because I guess he didn't get killed. He just got punched. So, interesting stuff there. All right. You know, for right now, none of them are dead. You know. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, because comics, you know. <laughs> because comics. Yep. Cowabunga dudes and dudettes, today we have a very, very special guest, a good friend of the show, and a, a wonderfully talented artist and, and writer. Uh, we've got BJ Hahn. So, BJ, how you doing? I'm doing absolutely radical, fantastic over here. <laughs> She's got a little bit more energy than we do this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, out here, it's it's 7.40 in the morning, and I'm already on my second can of Coke. So oh, there how... you go. I know all about it. <laughs> I got the caffeine in my turtle cup. <laughs> so, uh, uh, first of all, BJ, you know, you, you were already telling us actually before we recorded all this um, about you, you were just at a Comic-Con yesterday. Tell the listeners uh, one more time. I apologize for you having to repeat yourself here. But, you know, first of all, kind of what you do um, for the Ninja Turtles and, and also that, that awesome project you were just telling us about. Um, well, I'm just an absolutely huge fan just lifetime fan forever and um i do a lot of fan art and i write a couple of fan fictions that basically just go onto the facebook page and um i post pictures absolutely anywhere if anybody wants drawings of them uh things like that i know even you have a couple of drawings from oh yeah <laughs> and um so i just draw for them and i really just like to be able to um one of my favorite things is uh, I draw caricatures for um, an amusement park out here in Kansas City. And um, I think over the past 20 years, I have probably hidden 
500 Ninja Turtles in the people's <laughs> pictures. Uh, they're in the backgrounds, they're in crowd scenes, people's shirts, their hats, um, everything like that. And uh, that's one of my favorite things to do. But um, yeah, I'm basically just a big fan artist. And I've met Kevin a couple of months ago when he was here in August. And he's coming back for Planet Comic Con uh, the last weekend of April. And I'm going to meet him again. And uh, I've already sent in a bunch of uh, samples and portfolio book to him and his editor. And uh, I'm really would be absolutely stoked if I could do uh, one of the animated adventures covers. That would be awesome. Well, first of all, I could totally see you doing that. And I, you know what? I, I'm proud to say I said this a while ago, and I, I'm sticking to my guns. I think one day, if if not very very soon, um, you will be writing for the Ninja Turtles or or drawing for the Ninja Turtles because you have a gift for it, uh, and it's so cool to just see how much that you love the turtles and and like you said you know even in some of your commission work you always find a way to in, incorporate the turtles somewhere and uh i'm just calling it right now i think you will be drawn for them maybe in within the year <laughs> i would absolutely love to do it um next month uh i do get to actually draw with two of the guys that that are working for him now and i i could not be more pleased wow. uh it, it was one of my goals for uh, this hustle that I do. Uh, everybody has their New Year's resolutions, and I decided that I was going to stick with them a couple of years ago. And I found a program that I really enjoyed uh, called the 30-Day Hustle. And it was basically the main question to it is everybody makes New Year's resolutions. What would next year look like if you actually stuck to them? Ah. And and it's just all these little baby steps going up the ladder of how to actually get to the top and do whatever it is you set out to do. And one of the things that I really wanted to do was I'm I'm going to work for, for Ninja Turtles, even if it's just one thing, bucket list, I, I want to do it. And so one of the things that I get to do next month uh, is uh, I'm going to, to be out at Van Gogh, um, and I am going to do a huge jam piece. It's called a, a Taco Tech with Buster Moody and Freddie Williams II. And there's also going to be uh, Kent Smith, who's a local illustrator out here, and uh, Erica Baton, who does a Panty Vigilante, uh, which is a fantastic <laughs> local comic artist, too. So we're all going to be jamming on it together. And uh, it's just been... Uh, so amazing knowing that my name was put on there and, and next month I get to put my ink next to their ink. So wow. it's one sir. That that's incredible. I, I can't believe that. So I, I gotta we gotta start from the beginning here. I mean what what got you into the Ninja Turtles, you know, in, in the first place? I mean, you know, because obviously you have a passion for, you know, the franchise as as we do, but you know, what started it all for you? Oh well I think uh I, I had a cousin. My cousin Stephen um, lived across the street from me, and he had a issue, a number one issue. I don't know if it's number one print, anything like that. But we're just, you know, little kids that happen to have uh, the very first comic book, and uh, he had it hidden in his house. And I don't know where he got it, but he hid it all the time. And we would pull it out and just read over the whole thing, just pour through it, and then we'd go outside and play. Ninja Turtles, and we'd play ninjas, <laughs> we'd, we'd do obstacle courses, and we'd race against each other, and we would pretend that the, we were 
uh, just vicious killers and uh, <laughs> of course you pick up the sticks and and all of a sudden you're Donatello and you'd you'd uh, pick up the sticks and now I'm Raphael because I have one with a fork in it and uh, we would we would do that just endlessly until the movie came out the 1990 movie uh, came out after all this, these years of watching the cartoons and you'd rush home from school and it was a choice between flipping on the TV and going to the bathroom and throwing down your backpack and the turtles won all the time and that was the thing every day and then the movie came out I saw it in the back seat at the drive-in and it was absolutely dark and I was looking over my dad's shoulder the whole time because I was in the back seat <laughs> and it, it was just you know what I I wanted to watch and what I wanted to see and and the whole idea of um, you know just the Jim Henson aspect to it you know was even better uh, as it progressed like I wanted to see more of the movies and I wanted to see more of these animatronics and now that's just something that's uh, that's there all the time is uh, you know it's in cartoons it's in comics it's it's on my t-shirts it's everywhere and I love that it's there and i i don't think i could go a day without seeing turtles or anything <laughs> else like that you had mentioned that you kind of sneak turtles into stuff do people yeah. often often realize that and has anyone ever had a problem with it <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm a power uh, rangers fan <laughs> yeah, and I go, well, there was a crossover, and they go, but I'm a Batman fan, well, there was a crossover, but <laughs> they go, well, well, I like the girl better, let me draw her bandana a little longer, uh, uh, they they have caught me a couple of times doing it, and most of the time, any of the little kids really love it, um, some of the adults, they'll go, oh my gosh, let me tell you this story, and they'll tell me that they actually like them, I think the only time that I actually had somebody have beef with it was um, it was a, a, a kind of near St. Patrick's Day, so I guess right around here. And uh, I had drawn um, a Michelangelo as a leprechaun uh, doing something in the background, and um, and somebody did not like that at all. <laughs> that I put a little orange beard on him, and he was by like a, a little <laughs> pot, and it had uh, rainbows coming out of it. And stuff and they absolutely hated that i had a michelangelo leprechaun in the back of their picture really? yeah and it's just a silly little picture that probably took 45 seconds to sketch him in there and just throw down green orange black and that was all there was to it and they 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 didn't lose their mind or anything Thing, but they definitely let me know that that was not appreciated. Wow. And so I've never put in a turtle leprechaun before. But if anybody wants to break that and let me enjoy turtle leprechauns again, go for it. <laughs> wow. God, man. What a stick in the mud. No kidding. I know. That's because they were after his lucky you. charms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just He's a rat in Africa. Ah, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I, I got a question for you. Yeah, shoot. If you could pick one, I know this might be tough for you. Who is your favorite Ninja Turtle? Donatello. I think we, I think I we all know the answer to that. Oh, <laughs> that's the correct choice. <laughs> Any other choice is, is wrong. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, even if your opinion's wrong. <laughs> Donatello well, absolutely hands down the best. He always has been. <laughs> so, uh... 
Did you have any favorite like uh, toys growing up? You know, anything you besides you know the forks and knives that you use for the turtle weapons. <laughs> I think when I was a kid, um, I had uh, one of the original um, Leonardo's. I got him when I was somewhere around uh, 10 or 12. So um, he he uh, he's one of my oldest ones. I've had him since I was a little kid down in you know my, my basement bedroom. And I put him next to my other oldest toys, and I actually still have all of them. I've got the 12-inch stuffed plushie toys. And I had all four of them, and uh, and they would all sit together on a on a shelf, and I would play with those guys constantly. Oh, awesome! Yeah, you know, I was curious. You said you do caricatures, and I've always been fascinated by caricature artwork. And I was just curious how you found yourself doing that. Um. Well, since Worlds of Fun is out here in Kansas City, that's the closest thing to get a job. Where if you're 14 or 16, like you're basically you're guaranteed a job. And when uh, I went up there to apply, uh, they, they of course, had uh, no problem letting me in, and, and I thought I did a fantastic job, and I've actually worked there for 20 years now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still out there, not as much these days, but I still go out there, and, uh, and I, I think last year I was maybe out there five days, whereas I was full-time the year before. But whenever I go out there, I just have a fantastic time. And, um, yeah, it was basically that I was in high school. I was ready to go out and get a job. I wanted to do what I've seen those guys do for years because I had season passes. And rather than go out with my sister and ride the rides all day long, she would ride the rides. And I would stand beside the caricature stand and annoy them to no end with all of my questions. (laughs) And ask them if they would draw demo drawings of me. Oh, if you're not busy, draw me, draw me. And uh, and so as soon as I could, uh, that's what I wanted to do. And I I just haven't stopped. And now I'll come out to birthday parties and colleges and graduations and, and everything. And I'll sit there and, and draw you rapid fire. Um, so it, I don't think that I'm going to be stopping that anytime soon. That's cool. That's really cool. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, here here you are. I mean, you're making the dream come true. It, it's incredible, and it's it's cool to talk to you and see, you know, how determined you are to to break into that that scene. And it's all because of your passion for the turtles. And I've got to ask you. So you you said you've met uh, Kevin Eastman, and uh, have you met Peter Laird yet, by any chance? I have not gotten the chance to meet him, but uh, I had a friend who is out on the East Coast, um, Dennis Hart. He is another amazingly uh, talented comic book artist, and he has, um, and and caricature artist as well, how we know each other. And he was up at a comic uh, convention a couple of months ago, and I can't remember which one it was, but Peter Laird stopped in and, like, made this impromptu show up, and um, he ended up running over there, and after showing him his own work, come over and look at my stuff. And he came back and came back, and he ended up pulling out his phone and showing him my stuff and said, you've absolutely got to meet her one day, and this is all of her stuff. And he gave me uh, the thumbs up and said that everything looked good. Wow. And via uh, my fantastic friend... Uh, he has seen my work, and uh, and Kevin has seen the work, and and of course I draw 
not often at all, but I draw with Buster Moody um, at a, uh, a local comic jam. And so uh, I've gotten to see a few of his pieces come to life. And <laughs> I, I just uh, still would love to be a fly on the wall and just watch him or anyone uh, just do their thing and, and bring something to life from a blank sheet of paper. But his kids, so detailed with the, the, those cross hatches. It's, it's amazing. But yeah, have not met Peter yet. I will get over there someday. And and I will find him at a comic book convention, and I I'm definitely going to give him a big hug too. Ah, oh, that is so cool. So you mentioned artists. Uh, do you have any influences? Uh, any, any particular influences on your work directly? Um, I think most of them come uh, forth with from from caricaturing and old comics like um, Mad Magazine and Cracked Magazine were my tops. So Mort Drucker and uh, Tom Richmond. Those guys influenced first, and then going over to the comic side, it it would be Jim Lawson. Absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I absolutely love his work, and uh, I don't even know what I would do if he were at a comic con and I could get a commission. I'd have to ask for something oddly specific and amazing, and um, <laughs> and then frame it and put lights on it and everything. I, I love him. <laughs> And and Steve Levine, I I think their stuff is fantastic from from way back. And nowadays, I think the of course the 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 guys that I love, I love Santa Luco. Uh, his his stuff with the the new IDW run is just absolutely gorgeous. And you can tell that each of the the characters has mass, and the line weight is fantastic. And that's all. Uh, artistic terms that nobody but artists care about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I absolutely love those guys so much, and and more on a, a just issue to issue base. I, I love Nick Patara and um, and Ben Bishop and Summer Riva. Their stuff is just so cool. The way that each one of them designs their things. Um, things they they everything is just different but it's all the same i just you know it's one of those artist things where you could sit there and pick it apart for hours that is so cool that is so cool and i'm sure you know you read comics differently than we do i'm sure now are you more interested in when you read a comic are you more interested in the the story or the artwork i'm just curious um, you know, like anybody, you flip through it a couple of times. The first time around, you just flip through and you look at the big panels, and then you, you just eat up all the detail. And the next time you look through it, you look for the specific characters. Uh, do they look the same from panel one to panel 100? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's always impressive. And then the third time around, you actually read the story. And um, that's how, how I pick apart all of my comics. And, and then in, in the end... Whether the, he looked the same or not, I, I absolutely love each of them. Uh, I know right now I'm, I'm working on the the um, IDW run. I've made it up to about uh, 66. I went through 67, and I saw some of the, the shocking scenes, but uh, I haven't um, read it yet. I'm still in the, the first round where I'm looking at the art. Well, if yeah. you pour if you pour through your comic panels with as much attention to detail as it as I think you might, man, sixty seven is going to make you cry for days. It's just, <laughs> oh yeah, oh god, it's terrifying. It's, it really is. 
Yeah, I absolutely know what you mean. The, it uh, it does have some pretty shocking panels, and I had to go back and go, did I really just see what I did? Think I just saw? No. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of the comics, I mean, you know, you you said you've read a lot of the IDW run. I mean, what do you think of, first of all, what do you think of what IDW is doing right now? I'm absolutely loving it. I, I love the, the darker turn that they're taking on everything and um, the slow buildup on all of the arcs. Um, I, I really have never been a, a Slash person, but... I really like Slash in all of these, and, and I just can't help it. <laughs> yeah. You, you might not well, like him in this uh, issue 67. <laughs> <laughs> the brainwashing, I, uh, it's hurting my heart. But uh, I think I'll, I'll still pull through. I know he's a good guy. I know it. <laughs> uh, my personal favorite is uh, I liked all of the mini uh, series that they had. Um, the, the Raphael... Um, and Michelangelo and the Donatello ones, you know, where he had the the crystal on the end of his pencil. And it was just Jack Kirby. Um, <laughs> I I think that that is actually one of my favorites, and um, I could I could reread through that several times. Uh, I like the old Jack Kirby stuff and uh, the way that he he draws uh, with all those dots, the space age spots. Um, and then to be able to, to put my favorite guy with it, it hey it's just fun. And um, it, it <laughs> makes me wish that I had a crystal on the end of my pencil. And, and I would draw weird things, and they'd all pop up, and we'd go run around and have a great time. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's probably my tops is the Donatello mini issue. But out of all the minis, those, those are my favorites, the minis. That, that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. I'm kind of similar. I, I was always like a Tales of the TMNT fan. I was like the kind of the one shots. So I, I, I definitely feel you there. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, you know, the, the cartoon series on Nickelodeon, now that they're going to season five, I noticed that they changed over the uh, the theme uh, and they've got new graphics and everything and the new logo. And it now says Tales of the TMNT. So who knows uh, if when they go into the new t- 2D a cartoon here in 2018. Maybe they're going to bring back some of those characters and those storylines and things, and uh, it might be fantastic. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I would absolutely be okay with that. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, BJ, I'll tell you what. We, I, I've been meaning to tell you this. We have set a record this week. Uh, we have gotten more phone calls than we ever have before uh, and, uh, about you. We we've got. They're all complaints. <laughs> no, no, I promise they're not. They, you, you are quite the celebrity apparently, and uh, it, it's amazing that we've gotten all these calls, and it's it's really intriguing to me because a couple of them didn't leave their names, but they're obviously artists, and I'm wondering who they are. <laughs> I paid each of them a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, let me go ahead and uh, see if I can recognize any of these. Okay, so what what we'll do is, if you want, we'll all, if you, Josh and Jay Weezy, if, if you want, we can uh, go ahead and maybe all click on the first voicemail together and see if it pulls up. Okay. All right. All right. All right, I'll go ahead and click it now. Rocksteady, use this turtle con to contact his fellow Shellbacks. Right, boys. Oh, boy. This is going to be fun. Hey guys, I just wanted to leave you a message in regards to episode 74. It looks like you're going to have B.J. Hahn on. And primarily, B.J. is a caricaturist. 
But when it comes down to throwing down inks for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there's nobody else's artwork that I'd like to see on a page. I mean, sure, you've got Laird and Eastman, and those are the founders of TMNT, but you've got a great girl like BJ who puts down these inks in such a traditional way and with such speed and character that, as a cartoonist, I've actually adopted some of the things that BJ does when she's drawing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to make my work look good. So, there's hardly anybody out there outside of Jack Kirby that could have influenced the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or how I draw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles any better than BJ. So, go ahead, feel free to pick her brain. I'm sure she can give you many, many words of wisdom on the Turtles. But I look forward to hearing and seeing you guys' podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Aww. Aww. <laughs> So, so BJ, do you have any idea who that was? I was very, very high praise from. It sounds like a fellow uh, artist. Yeah, um, I would have to hazard a guess and say that that would be uh, Ed Smith. Uh, he is um, he's a, a a comic book artist uh, out in, on the East Coast, and we are going to be going to um, Baltimore Comic Con uh, together in September. Oh, cool. And yeah, so um, I I would have to say it might be him, but I we really only talk to each other through Messenger, so I have only heard his voice one time before, but I think that's who that is. Well, I, obviously he's got some very very high praise for you, and uh, that that's that's so cool to see you know a fellow artist artist uh, you know kind of build each other up like that. So that's pretty cool. Oh, I, I have not heard of it. Oh, that's great. See, this is great. It's off the cuff. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go ahead and click. Uh, we'll do a countdown, and we'll click on the second one. Hopefully I didn't save the same ones twice. So we'll go with uh, voicemail two together. So I'll go three, two, one, click. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, and click. Hi, I heard on your next Turtle Flake thing that... Uh, BJ Hall is going to be there, and I was super excited to hear that because I have all of her prints. And I was really excited to hear, uh, to hear her on your show and stuff like that. And I'm so excited to get her new fan comic at, at Planet Comic Con, and I was hoping that you guys would talk about that. So, uh, yeah, she, she was, uh, of course, high praise, and she wanted to know more about your, your fan comic uh, at Planet Comic Con. So. Oh, well, um... That one there's the the Inktober one, and um, it's actually it's free. I I don't know how if I I don't own the characters or anything like that. I could, I I don't know how I could sell something that has words because I've been told fan prints and fan comics all different and can't sell it. So those are those are free. Just come buy something from me. And get it <laughs> Bonus gift. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, take it up to Kevin while you're there and go, have you heard about this girl? Because <laughs> um, I had a fantastic joke that, of course, is only funny to me um, at a K Kansas City Comic Con last year when actor Jeremy Howard was here and he played Donatello in the 2014 and 16 movies. I sent everyone up there and go, and I go, um, you should go up there and talk to him. And uh, while you're up there, go, have you heard of this BJ person and by, by the end of it I I went to go see him and say goodbye to him because I had spent several hours with him and um, and we hung out and it was fantastic and uh, by the end he goes do you know everyone at this Comic Con knows 
So that was just my personal little joke. <laughs> That's awesome. I find it funny, but I go, I'm going to do it again at Planet Comic Con. I'm going to give everybody copies of this, and I really want them to take it up and go, have you heard of this BJ person? <laughs> She's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. know about her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pay them all dollars, and they'll take it up there. There you go. <laughs> oh. All right, guys. Well, let's let's do the third one. Hopefully, I number these correctly. So we'll click on the third one in three Two, one, click. Hey, Turtle Flakes. Uh, this is Jellybean just calling to say my favorite turtle is, is Michelangelo. And I was excited to hear that you've got BJ on. Uh, I met her a few years back at some cons. I've been loving following her crazy hair full of jingles. <laughs> I can't wait to see her at Comic Con this year and uh, pick up my, uh, my, my copy of her fan comic. So... Thanks for uh, doing everything you do for the turtle community. So, so that was Jellybean, BJ. That was Jellybean. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jellybean is uh, is part of the duo of Bean and Beard. They're a local Renaissance Fair show, and they do panels and and podcasts and and like Ask the Wizard and things like that uh, out here in Kansas. And uh, as far as comic cons and things go out here, they're uh, they're a pretty big deal. <laughs> wow! How cool is that? Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, sweet. Well, thanks for the call, uh, man. And so, uh, I guess moving on along, let's do voicemail number four. Hey, uh, this is Randy Andrews. Um, I'm a big fan of BJ Hans uh, Turtle Art, uh, her Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan art. Uh, it is absolutely amazing. Um, she's great at what she does, and her artwork it has been uh, really awesome. And she's even done that fan comic uh, that she was, has been working on for the last few months. She's been knocking it out of the park with that. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to her, and shout-out to your podcast. Hope it goes well. Oh, and thanks, man. Take care. Cool. We got a shout out on that too. Awesome. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, Randall uh, is up in uh, Omaha. I go up to the Omaha Comic Con once a year and he, uh, been up there two, three years now. And he, I think he has bought more commissions than anyone else I know. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. He's he's already called and said that he wants to get a couple more, and so I'm I'm already excited to go up there and and <laughs> see him because that's just one guy. <laughs> Heck yeah, there's there you go. So hey, I, oh. already big, already uh quite a quite a few fans you got here. So hey guys, yeah. pink. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, so let's move on to number five. Hey guys, what's up? My name is Jeremy DeWitt. I am an admin for the Facebook group TMNT Lives Forever. And um, I want to speak a minute about a good friend of mine, BJ Hahn, and her amazing artwork. She's been in the group for a while now, and uh, she's one of our, uh, our monthly art contest um, dealios. <laughs> Uh, we do those every month, and uh, she started posting some of her art with that and um, showing it in the group, the stuff she's been working on, the personal comics and uh, work for other people. And I don't there's I can't say enough good things about her work. It's absolutely baffling to me that she's 
not doing some uh, pretty professional work and and uh, getting hardcore paid for it. <laughs> or, uh, I don't know, I've watched her do some live streams of artwork and stuff like that too, and it just blows my mind just the way her brain works and. It, being a, an artist myself, I mean, I, I tend to struggle a lot with uh, with just certain angles and, and line work and just watching her do it, especially like with a pen and stuff like that. It just blows my mind. So, yeah, I really can't say en- enough good things about her and uh, her, her turtle work is superb. So, yeah, definitely check her out. <laughs> All right. All right. Wow. Yeah, that was that was hey, Jeremy. Um, he he is also um an artist. He he does um t-shirts. And uh, if you follow Kevin uh, or his wife Courtney on Facebook, they uh, had recently posted. I believe they were out in Brussels, and they were sporting his t-shirt that Jeremy designed. Wow. Yeah, and yesterday he was out at a Muskegon Con, and that was his very first convention. And he he gave shout outs to me and um, uh, Nicholas Bradley and a couple other fan artists, and and in helping him to make a decision to go out there and put himself out there. And uh, and anybody who's out there at Muskegon Con, they've, they've got to go over and see Jeremy. And uh, and his stuff is absolutely so fun and and just it's simple and cute and everybody wants it on a t-shirt. If you if you have the chance, you got to meet him and talk with him. He's just a giant teddy bear of a man. <laughs> that, that is so cool. You know, and, uh, once again, another artist. Uh, you know, with mutual respect, that is so cool. And I actually think I've been. I think I I follow his website, his Facebook group. So that that's really cool. Yeah, I think that you do. And and if anybody isn't in uh, TMNT lives forever, they they've got to go over there and get in there. I think that we're about eight thousand members strong. Wow! And they're always talking about something and putting up polls and questions and art. And there's a monthly art contest that is not only Ninja Turtles. It, it's um, I won the one with Kino uh, two months ago. I believe that um, the one that just happened was St. Patrick's Day, and uh, the theme this month is April. Oh. So, yeah. So you've got a, a couple of weeks to, to get something in, and, and I love seeing everything from little kid drawings right up to um, the pros that sneak into the the group and, the, and they lay down some masterful work, <laughs> and everybody just ooze and ahs over it, and they put in their votes. And, and the, that, that's just the best thing. You never know what's going to pop up on there. That I love that. Well, all right. I think this is the last one because it looks like they're the same size. But so this is voicemail number seven. All right. This is. I think. I think you broke the record by like five voicemails. We usually only get one or two. Or sometimes we don't even get one. <laughs> so. Oh, and it's your mom, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm blown away by this. This is awesome. I I, I was see I have um the, my Google Voice is linked through my phone and I kept getting all these phone calls from you know different areas of the country. I was like I don't know who that is. And usually, what what that is is that's somebody calling the voicemail line. Well, as soon as I announced that you were going to be on the show, I got like five in one day. I was like this never happens. <laughs> oh. <my God. laughs> 
happy. Yeah, yeah. So this is the last one. Uh, so we'll go ahead and click uh, play in three, two, one, and click. Turtle Flicks, what's going on? This is Melvin Shukrope. I heard you guys had BJ Han on your guys' uh, podcast, which is really cool. She's a very talented artist. I met her last year at uh, Planet Comic Con Kansas City, which I'm attending again this year. Um, and I actually have her commissioning a uh, Casey Jones sketch cover for me, which, uh, if all goes well, she'll have, be the one to sign it, along with uh, Kevin Eastman. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I have no idea what she's going to be uh, doing with it, but uh, it's I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Her artwork is phenomenal. Um, I've got a couple of prints of hers, and she's just an amazing artist. And she's probably going to be making some noise here in the next year. So good luck to her, and you guys have a good day. All right. Oh, very cool. Yes, I've, I've got his uh, sketch cover sitting right here, and it's in the pile of lots of things to do. I'm going to give him a fantastic uh, original classic Casey Jones is what he wants. Oh, nice. Can't get wrong with the classic. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Josh and Jay Weezy, do you have anything else you'd like to ask BJ? Uh, yeah, I guess... Um... What is the hardest thing for you to draw in terms of turtles? Um, is it what do you find, I guess, most challenging when you get requests for certain things? Like if if someone asks for uh, a particular pose or um, certain backgrounds, like is there anything that uh, that you know that you struggle with in particular that you're working on trying to get better at? Oh, I know everybody when when they say, oh, I can't draw a straight line, and I go, neither can I. <laughs> They're all curvy. <laughs> um, so if I don't have my ruler, there's there's no perspective, there's no city scenes, there's there's no straight swords or anything like that. I, I do actually have a hard time just drawing a straight line. Uh, so when <laughs> people say that they want to have the turtles on top of uh, a rooftop or... Uh, a water tower and they want the city in the background and everything I go I do not have a straight edge on me there is no way I can do that <laughs> um, so that's one tough thing that on the fly at a comic-con somebody just hands me a sketch cover and go I want the whole city on it um, no <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so uh, there's that and then I think the same thing that everybody kind of uh, needs a little help with. Uh, you've got to get out the pencil, and uh, if you have a fight scene or something, you got to make sure that you don't end up with two hands that are left or and uh, things like that. You want to make sure that the sword goes through somebody or you have an arm going around somebody in a way that doesn't look like a hug. Uh, you got to sketch that out. <laughs> you don't want anybody in a warm embrace when they're trying to kill each other. <laughs> so I think uh, those two things on the fly are a little bit harder. But, um, yeah, just give me an extra minute, and I'm going to figure anything out. So I'm so excited that all of those calls came through and that that was record. And I hope that the next guy comes in and makes it an even bigger record, <laughs> and, and they blow me out of the water. And... Because uh, that was just absolutely right in in my heart, you know, down in the core, deep in the cackles. I'm I'm just absolutely. <laughs> uh, I I'm so happy that all of my friends love me and that they would come and and call in. And I hope that the next guy that you have on that they have just as fantastic friends as I do. That that is so cool and so well earned. I mean, you, you well deserved because. You are a phenomenal artist. I love what you did with uh, for the Turtle Tracks logo with uh, me and my son. 
I, I, I'm, I'm getting that framed, by the way, and I've showed it to my wife. I've showed it to all my friends who come over because right now I've got it uh, hung up uh, on the wall. And it, it's so cool to just be like, yeah, I know her. I talk to her all the time. She's awesome. She's going to be an up-and-comer. <laughs> She's going to be a big deal. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's so cool to, to see such a passionate fan and such a, such a kind and, and uh, gentle soul, too. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, you are welcome on the show anytime you want. We are big fans of yours. I guess my last question will be this uh, for now. Where can, where can all our listeners find your totally tubular artwork? Um, right now, everything's up on Facebook. I have um, just my site. Anybody's welcome to come be my friend. It's just BJ Hahn uh, on Facebook. And then I also have an art page, and it's Oodles of Doodles by BJ. And uh, anybody can go over there and take a look through through all of it. Uh, you can look me up on Instagram. I believe it's um, just BJ Hahn over there. And uh just send me a direct message. Talk to me. I'm a nice person. And uh, if if you want to see anything or get a commission or you don't know where to go, I'll send it to you. I'll tell you exactly what to do. Um, there's nowhere that you could just click point order. You actually have to talk to me. But um, the good thing is that, um, you know, I'll talk back, you know, just nice. <laughs> And, and that's the, the truth, too, because, uh, you know, one, one thing about BJ that's awesome is she gets back to you right away. I mean, it, it's one of those things. Um, I don't know how you do it because I, I see how busy you are and how much you're, you're traveling and, and how much work you do. But she, BJ gets back to you right away. So if you have any commission ideas, anything you want to ask her, she will get back to you within the day or, or you know, mm-hmm. right, right about that time. Because at least my personal experience, it's been almost instantaneous so that is that is really really awesome so so bj we have only one more question for you and it is probably the most important question of the show what kind of pizza are we going to have to end another totally tubular episode of turtle flakes oh i think we're going to be digging down on some baked potato pizza oh (laughs) that's a new one yeah That's one of my favorites. There's a pizza place here. It's a buffet place. You can get all the pizza you want for $2.49. And they have a baked potato pizza. It's got chives and cheese and sour cream and everything. And the crust is made out of potato, like a hash brown. And and I absolutely cannot get enough of it. (laughs) Well, that sounds amazing. That is awesome. Sweet. So there you go. All right. I think that's perfect. Well... All right, so to do that, well, on behalf of BJ Hahn, uh, Jay Weezy, Josh, and myself, here's to hoping you enjoy a mega slice of baked potato pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. All this technology, right, Josh? Now I can't get it to turn off. <laughs> Well, it's, it's like it's like Windows 10 doesn't work, but Windows 7 does, and it's like yeah, the new right. Google Voice you can't download it, but the old one you can. It's like this is like the most interesting episode of Turtle Flakes we've ever put together. I know, right? Yeah, this is like this is the tech support episode of Turtle Flakes right now. So. Yeah, tech support with Josh Atella. Josh Atella. Yeah. You guys, remember spokes? Remember getting those spokes on your bikes? No, what you're talking about, like spokes and a wheel? 
Yeah, like the spokes that had the things that would uh, slide up and down. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you remember those? I, I actually had those, like the rainbow color uh, ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I judge. remember putting, uh, putting like baseball cards in your spokes to make it sound like a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, you had to put a playing card in there, like a bicycle playing card in there. So. Right. Yeah. It's so funny that VR is such a big thing now. Yes. You know, it was like, it was a thing for like a minute in the 90s, and they made like a whole show based on it, and then it was like, no, this isn't working out. Yeah, this will never work. <laughs> uh, it so, still won't. It's, 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 anybody yeah. else realize that? Like, it's not going to work. There's going to be so much motion sickness, motion sickness vomiting, I'll and just what, way you, too expensive consoles to like even support this stupid thing. Well, have you guys seen the Duck Hunt one? The, just for, for that the looks cool. That looks that pretty looks neat. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite, my favorite part of Tommy Boy, by the way, is uh, I think David Spade, or no, uh, Chris Farley. He he accidentally broke the door to the car. What'd it, you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he puts it back on, you know, real tenderly, and then when David Spade goes to open the door, it falls off. He goes, "What'd you do?" Oh god, my favorite part is later when they're driving down the highway and the hood of the car flies up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's actually happened to me. I was driving home one night from work, and oh my that gosh. happened to me like on a highway. <laughs> just like, oh god, what happened? Oh what my happened? gosh, that's that's terrifying. I used to have this Jeep Cherokee that was just the biggest piece of crap on wheels. It was terrible, <laughs> and it just like the roof like just flew upwards, and I had to go take it. I had to go pull over, pick it up off the road, put it in my car, and the next morning I had to reattach it. Oh my <laughs> gosh, no kidding. Jeez. Yeah, it was terrible. Jeez. Gosh, you're lucky to be alive. Yeah. I know, right? And it happened at like 1 in the morning when I was coming home from work. So I was, it was pitch black out and all of a sudden I didn't even notice anything happened because I didn't hear it mm -hmm. because I had the radio on too loud. But then all of a sudden, like my windshield just went black. What happened? Jeez, oh, <laughs> no kidding. Well, she doesn't like us, eh? <laughs> and we're all in our 30s and we still can't get a girl on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> that literally is the story of our life. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Hey! Oh, hey, BJ, how's it going? Yeah, it's going really good. <laughs> did I hear Donatello? Yes, you did. He's my, my ringtone. Oh, that is nice. awesome. <laughs> That's the first thing I heard. I was like, oh my gosh, we're talking to Donatello. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I only wish, and actually, uh, I was just catfished last weekend by somebody who, who wanted me to pick up millions of dollars in a briefcase and couldn't tell his family and all that, but he had set himself up as a Facebook um, Rob Paulson. What? And, uh, and since I'm friends with Rob Paulson on Instagram, and I had just asked him the night prior if there was a different account that he wanted me to message to, because of course there's public and private accounts, uh, I assumed that that was his way of answering me, was to send me a friend request on his uh, regular Facebook page. And so I answered it, and uh, a couple hours later he began talking with me, and it only took about three messages to realize that I was being catfished. But in the meantime, my phone is ringing, and it's going, you know, it's Donatello, pick up the phone. And I'm going, it is Donatello. He is on the line. And I was running around the house going, he's on the line. And for a brief, shining moment, that is exactly what it was. 
And now all I can say is that um, it was a, an absolute pleasure to be catfished by him. So I, I went back to the Instagram and I screenshotted it and I said, just to let you know, this, this happened and I'm going to tell you about it at Okamakan this summer when I get out there too. And I'm still going to have another laugh about it. So yeah, every time that it rains now, I go, maybe it is. Nope, nope, I know it's not. It's not. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. So, so uh, where were you at yesterday? Uh, I know you were at a Comic-Con, but I can't remember where it was. Uh, it's out in Manhattan, Kansas. It's at the, um, at the Kansas uh, University. And, uh, and it's called... Uh, the Little Apple Comic Expo, and so I was out there. Wow, nice. Did you have a good time? Yeah, I certainly did. It's just a fantastic one-day convention. This is the second year that I've been to it. I think it's the second year that it's, it's been happening. And so um, I just had a ton of fun all day long. Uh, there's all sorts of great people out there, and, and mostly it was one of those conventions where even though it's shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder action the whole time, all you want to do is run around and talk to your other creator friends and, and <laughs> artist friends and just talk to them all day. That's so awesome. It was, it was great. Well, that's so cool. Well, we're, we're just tickled to finally have you on the show. You know, I, I don't care what uh, both of the Joshes say about you. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't even defend myself against that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're just so excited to have you on the show finally. And um, we were thinking, if it's okay with you, we could just ask you uh, a few questions about the turtles. You know, what got you into the turtles and everything? And um, you talk about your your awesome upcoming project. Uh, or I guess you're done with that project now, right? The uh, yeah, I had a um, a mini fan comic, and uh, I did it for the Inktober. Uh, that uh, that's every October. There's um, the past couple of years. Uh, any artist who wants to, they can join in. And there's uh, 31 uh, prompts. They're just these little keywords that you can use, and they're really um, vague. There there's something like tree, jump, uh, ghost, um, ran, friends. It's things like that. That's cool. And so anybody can interpret them in any way. And so I decided I, I've never successfully made it through an Inktober and I'll get three or four days or even ten days into it and then I fall off. I can't even draw it for, you know, more than a few minutes a day. Just everything gets too busy. So I need something big that's yeah. really going to capture my interest. And so I decided on September 29th that I was going to um, write an entire mini uh, fan comic of Ninja Turtles because I draw them all the time anyway, so I may as well do it. <laughs> and so the, the prompt uh, list came out. It's a, it's a Jake Parker thing. He's a, the artist who started that, and he has a fantastic motivational YouTube channel and everything, and he does this thing. Inktober and, and hundreds of thousands of, of posts come through on his Instagram page and stuff of everybody who who's drawing it, they just put up their drawings. And so September 29th I have the, the list posted and uh, I was on an airplane out in uh, Pittsburgh. I think I was at the Steel City convention uh, last year and so the entire plane trip home I wrote a full story about Donald Hello, I'm Michelangelo, uh, and they're going to have a um, race in the sewers, and it's uh, 
Michelangelo's on his skateboard. Donatello's on uh, his sewer surfer that he's made. It looks like a little go-kart. And, uh, and they're going to do that, but they run into the Rat King. And so it turned out to be eight pages, and throughout the panels, it has all of those 30 words. And, uh, and so I thought that it, it definitely went really well. The only thing that's a little out of place is that they threw tree in there all of a sudden. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with a tree. I'm in the sewers. So it's, it's kind of in the background. It leads to a, a funny joke where um, Donnie snaps at Mikey about, why the Lord would I plant a tree down here out of all the things that I could do for booby trap? Yeah, I planted a tree. So he's there's a cute little Mikey reaction to it. But then it, it moves on, and, and it turned out to be really well, and it did not in any way take me 30 days to do it. But uh, they're only expecting you're going to ink it. I wrote it, edited, penciled, and lettered. I did all of it. But yeah, I just finished it, and as of yesterday, I had prints of it um, up, and I was giving them away with uh, with all of the sales and, and commissions and things like that. So it's available, uh, and I am uh, excited how it turned out and already working on the next one. Oh, so cool. Really yeah. cool. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, formally introduce you, uh, so that way we, we can get the ball rolling. But this is gonna be this is gonna be a lot of fun. I can already tell. So, uh... well, BJ, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Have oh. me again. Yeah, of course, of course. I'll tell you what. Why don't? When is Planet Comic Con? Uh, Planet Comic Con is going to be the last weekend in April. I think it uh, begins on Friday the 28th, and it's here in Kansas City, Missouri at the Bartle Hall. Awesome. Would you want to come on maybe right after that, talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I'm there, I'm, I'm going to try to talk with Kevin Eastman, and also um, Steve Mel is going oh. to be there. He did uh, Casey Jones in the last movie, and I'm hoping to be able to, to get a picture and say hi with him. And uh, hopefully we'll have lots of new things to talk about. Sweet, sweet. That sounds cool. great. All right. Yeah. Well, we wish you the best of luck and had a blast. And uh, just, again, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks thank a lot. you. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. All right. Well, hey, Cowabunga, BJ. Oh, Cowabunga. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Cowabunga. Cowabunga. <laughs> Hey, this is Maya. I'm a really big fan of BJ's artwork. She's an amazing artist. She brings so much lifelike to the turtles. Oh my god, I I'm a huge fan of hers. I do want to give a shout out to um, Cowabunga, BJ, keep up the great work. Love you, girl. Bye. Peace. <laughs>